As your interior designer, I'm saying do everything in black. Walls, sofa, carpet, goldfish, everything. Um, can we not have a bit of colour? Maybe one tiny highlight in Battleship Grey. It's your home, so you should be in charge. With Avancard's flexible home improvement loan, you are. You can choose any repayment period that works best for you up to 84 months. That's seven years. Find out more at avancard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. New applications only. Seven-year term applies to minimum loan value of €20,000. Avancard Dock Trading as Avancard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Welcome everyone to All About All Elite for the week of March 23rd, 2019. While you are busy on the road to WrestleMania, to a WrestleMania that may actually be longer than the road that leads to it, we were following the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes all the way to Mexico City, where today we will talk AAA, we will talk about uh, Convince Me with a new star that we will expose you to. We will talk about MLW Fusion, the Legacy Series, of course, plus rumors, plus being the elite, plus double or nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the LOP Mystic, a.k.a. your one-man hype band, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, by God, my learned colleague, Mr. Miz Fan, The Brain. Greetings, Miz Fan fans. Welcome indeed to another edition of All About All Elite. We've got a huge packed show for you today. We're bringing it to you through threats of illness and weariness and all sorts of other things which may be afflicting us, but it doesn't matter because sometimes you just got to stick on that road. You got to make it all the way to the end. It is the road to double or nothing. I'm excited, you know, in spite of everything. I'm very, uh, very interested to talk about this week. So let's get right to it. Yes, I am dealing with a sore throat and a fever. I feel like I'm talking way within myself, and I can't project it into the world. But, you know, the show goes on. It's a long road, and we got things to do. Uh, and we're not going to slack on that because that's not what we do. But you know what? You know who else isn't going to slack on his job? It is Mr. Cody Rhodes, who is busy getting trademarks. Apparently, over 50. So it came out this week. The Cody Rhodes had trademarked Bash at the Beach, Battle Bowl, Bunkhouse Stampede. And Cody will speak on this, and I'll bring you that quote in just a minute. But before he could speak on it, a lot of rumor about possibly AEW doing a WCW theme pay-per-view. So I, I, a couple of questions like on the spot here, Ms. Van. Would you want to see any of these pay-per-views as AEW pay-per-views? If not, why not? If so... Which one would you most want to see? <laughs> well, as a nostalgic uh, WCW type person that you have turned me into, thank you. Uh, personally, I would probably be happy to see any of these. Um, however, I don't know if they are a good idea for everyone else because uh, WCW, it's always going to have some stuff associated with. We've talked a lot about needing to stay fresh, about not kind of relying on yeah, the past yeah. too much. And I don't know, it could uh, very much be a double-edged sword. We should also remember some of these WCW ideas, 
were not executed that well. You know, Battle Bowl, I've got a place in my heart for it, but uh, I don't know if I'd go back and I'd watch like a whole Battle Bowl Starcade or anything. Maybe 93 with Vader winning it, but that's sort of the exception. Uh, if they do one, any WCW thing, I want it to be Halloween Havoc and I want them to have a novelty set. That would probably be my favorite thing to see. Excellent. Yeah, I, I am with you. It makes my heart happy to see Battle Bowl in my notes. Even Bunkhouse Stampede. But would I want them in the lineup? I, I, I don't think I would. Bash at the Beach is the least nostalgic for me, but I might would take that one over the other ones just because it doesn't make a demand that yearly tag teams have to be in a fake drawing or, you know. <laughs> but of course too- it does evoke... Uh- like the Hulk Hogan turn and all of that yeah. stuff. So I don't know, maybe it does promise uh, something, and then, you know, can you deliver that? That's a good point. Um, I wish they got Beach Blast instead. Beach Blast was, just, you know, just <laughs> before Bash at the Beach, and it didn't really last long, so, you know, you would have less pressure on you, but you'd have a WCW pay-per-view. Uh, Beach Blast, I think, I don't know if they'd bother, because I think the only association people have with Beach Blast is uh, the the evil... Little person blowing up Sting and Davy Boy's boat. Uh, so, I don't know. Like, they could do videos like that, and honestly, I'd probably still be down for it, but I, I don't think that's the way they want to go. Yeah, and it, we don't know, because these are, these are some very creative people, so they could give us any of these pay-per-views and give us a spin or a turn or a twist on it that, true, true. you know, doesn't keep us in the 1990s, but also kind of nods to it, so who knows. But I do like Cody Rose responds on Twitter to Fightful saying, I turn off my Google alerts on trademarks. They're personal and most aren't intended for AEW. I filed claimed over 50 in the last few months. I'm just trying to get some of my dad's cattle back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I heard someone on Twitter mention that uh, Cody now just using AEW to uh, trademark his dad's intellectual property. Um, And you know what? That's, you know, if that's what it is, then... Do it up, man. Cause, uh, what the hell's wrong with that? Yeah, it ought to be yours more than somebody yeah. else's, for sure. What the fuck is wrong with people? This is also the week where they dropped a gigantic banner in Las Vegas <laughs> with uh, AEW stars, and only three comments were on the page where I first saw it, and one of them was already saying, the word wrestling isn't even on it. This big <laughs> spotlight, and, and folks are not even going to know it's a wrestling event. God damn, come on, man. Do yeah, better. These guys, they're never going to be able to win with a certain section of the fan base. Yeah. Um, fortunately, guess what? They still sold 12,000 tickets in yes, four sir. minutes. So you know what? They're actually doing it. Um, and until things actually go south, uh, your imagining is not going to make it happen. So uh, my only question with all this stuff is I don't know how Cody is doing this because, you, you know, I would have <laughs> put money on the fact the WWE already had all of this sewn up, and if they didn't, that they would have, like, gone out and done it already. So that's the weirdest part to me. I just don't know how a lot of this stuff is happening. I, I'm glad that it is, honestly, because, like we said, it's, like, mostly his dad's creative property, but I just don't know how it's happening. So I'm glad it is. It's just weird. It is so weird. Like, that's, I thought all those things had conversations with myself, like, this does not make sense. This is not real life. But, you know, also the trademarks do expire. I know I was just listening to um, something that Russell, the British Bulldog episode, and, you know, that uh, after uh, Dynamite got so much heat on them that the Bulldogs were pretty much kind of forced out the door yeah. in WWE, 
they went elsewhere, and then the British Bulldog, who was at the time David Boy Smith, um, kind of decided he was going to go back to WWE, and he was going to do it without um, Dynamite, and he wasn't really going to let Dynamite know. And so he trademarked British Bulldog, apparently because uh, British Bulldogs had been trademarked, and Vince had just let it expire. So I don't know if he let some of these events expire, but you would think he would have owned them. And like you said, worst-case scenario, you would think that with AEW, they would just go out and the same way that they're trying to sign everyone to the 15,000-year contracts in their <laughs> little uh, basement uh, where they keep them. You know, he would have just trademarked them. So, I don't know. Yeah, you really think so. You'd think they'd be more sensitive, too, because they've lost trademarks on other things. Like, they didn't yeah. have the War Games trademark for a long time. They just mm. got it back recently. They lost the trademark to uh, Superstars of Wrestling, which is why it's been so hard for them to put that stuff up on the network. I don't know. Yeah, there's some really weird copyright stuff, so you'd think they'd just be super sensitive about it, but I guess they let a bunch of WCW stuff go. I don't know. That's weird. This is why, Eric Bischoff, I will always low-key hate you, because (laughs) Vincent Manchester never owned any of this. It's an abomination that he gets to uh, be kind of first up on this, but, you know, the whole world just said, nah, take the library, take the company, take the name, you know, go ahead and do your thing. And now here we are, but Cody Rhodes is redeeming the names of his father's companies, and that's admirable. My only advice for Cody Rhodes is to fire the Young Bucks, uh, Omega, Brandy, and then put Tony put Tony on the, you know, kind of let him know what's what, and then I think I'd be a happy camper. If we all can just demand everything we want, that's what I would need. But. If we can just continue WCW The Legacy Series, <laughs> yes. that, that would be fine. <laughs> we'll just do more of that. I wasn't ready to be done, even with all this stuff towards the end. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you want to really make that point in earnest, but, man, yeah. Watching Being the Elite, not to jump ahead, no, but it, ahead. Sure, it sure gave me a, a, a distinct impression that I, even more than I thought, I really want to be watching Cody's AEW and not the Young Bucks AEW. Because mm. <laughs> I'd never seen a full Being the Elite before, and it was slightly sobering to me. It kind of made me step back and be like, oh man, am I actually going to like this company or not? Yeah, I, I had a feeling that you might have that. And this is not what I hope to have, but that the feeling that I think you're going to talk about with being the elite I'm going to talk about when we cover uh, Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros. Okay. So I get I get you a hundred percent. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. You know, Co- well, well, we'll wait till for the specifics. But man, that. All right. Uh, I've come to like some of it because they always end up doing stuff in a way that like I don't like what they're doing, but they do it in a way that's okay with me. But then there's at least one thing that I was like, come on, man. <laughs> And it wasn't even the absurdity of it, but we'll get to it. But All right, we'll get to it. But you're right, though, and this is a big fucking deal. I'm going to skip around in my notes because also Tony Schiavone pretty much said, uh, he was asked in an interview yesterday, and I threw this into the notes just because I found it yesterday. Uh, Tony was asked the difference between WCW, MLW, or AEW, how can AEW be a success? And he's like, it needs to be one man in control. Like, And he kept saying Cody Rhodes, like, and the Buck needs to stop with Cody Rhodes. Like, in WCW, he said they would try to contact Ted Turner if they didn't like Eric Bischoff's answer because they knew Eric Bischoff wasn't really in charge, whereas Vince McMahon was. And, and he was just saying a lot, like, if they can go to several people. And so there's, there's just this continual narrative that is not not without merit that there are a lot of people in charge, and they don't all have the same vision. 
And I'm not 100% sure how that works in the long run. Yeah, I think it's probably the biggest danger to AEW, more so than anything that anyone's trying to conjure up. That's the one that really gets me when you have uh, how many bloody executive vice presidents. Yeah. You know, do they all have power? Are they all, you know, uh, it's going to be hard to keep everyone on the same page if they're all really trying to share power that way. Um, I don't know how much you go on the forums, but recently uh, a newcomer called R. Prof wrote a very interesting, if not altogether, um, Accurate in my opinion, but a very interesting comparison between AEW and Animal Farm, uh, where you kind of go out trying to be one thing. You're very idealistic, but uh, you kind of end up going down the wrong path and maybe uh, becoming the same thing that you were trying to get away from. So I don't know. There's uh, there's some interesting downturns that the company could take that I sure hope they don't, but uh, it's possible. I wonder if they're really going to try to be like if if in legitimacy, Brandy Rose is going to be about the women's division, Young Bucks about the tag team. Well, I don't know what the hell Kenny Omega is supposed to be doing. I don't know. I didn't see him at all. I'm being the elite. I, yeah, I have no idea. And then let Cody have the either the world title or or just all singles titles. Let Cody be, that be Cody's domain. At least the TV let, title. And let Cody uh, Kenny Omega can play video games in the back and. Pick up his paycheck, come out and wrestle when it's time, never say a word. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's bothering. Uh, I'm really, we'll see where we go. But, and Ms. Van and I will have to have several talks and we'll have to gauge it as we go. But I'm leaning a lot closer to <coughs> until they get a TV deal after Double or Nothing, maybe doing some WWF The Legacy series. Sure. You know, because it's hard to cover every week and we'll, we'll have already introduced a lot of wrestlers. And again, they got to prove they got to prove themselves, and mm-hmm. like a lot of them scare me more than they um, <laughs> like intrigue me at this point. Right. I mean, the saving grace for me is I think back to All In and how, uh, for the most part, I really did genuinely enjoy that show. Yes. And you know, if that's the real indicator, and I think it is, then that makes me feel better. <laughs> okay, so I do want to say um, I added a low key interview because low key. I don't know if you're a fan of Loki. I don't think we've ever, you know, even though we did t- um, Impact the Revolution, I don't know if we've ever had a straight Loki conversation. But uh, mm-hmm. Loki's not my favorite, you know. But none of them were like they, I was not. I was not an X Division fan like the world was. So, mm-hmm. but one of the main reasons we're doing MLW the Legacy series is I am intrigued by Loki's character, and I want to see how it goes. So, what are your thoughts on Loki? Um, I think it's hard to say with Loki because there are two Lokis. There's the Loki who, you know, is in the ring, who is a character, uh, who, you know, is on point, who is doing his job the way he's supposed to. And if you get that Loki, uh, I think he's great, honestly. I, I like him a lot. I like his aura. I like the way he wrestles. Um, I like his uh, slightly cheesy, like, super deep voice that he puts on to do promos. You know, I don't know. I just like it. He's a little much sometimes, like, with the suit and everything, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, but whatever. You know, I don't really have a problem with that. Uh, the Loki I don't like is the Loki um, who has either uh, rage quit or been fired from so many different promotions over the years. The Loki that will not cooperate with others. The Loki who has gone as far as trying to knock people out in the ring if he is uh, if he thinks they have messed up or uh, have insulted him in some way. Uh, the Loki who has stolen from promoters who has failed to meet 
business obligations, um, who has just done a really a lot of lousy, very unprofessional behavior over the years. So, so I'm very mixed on low key. Um, I'd say, yeah, when he is on point, I like him a whole lot. But then when I kind of look into his history, there's a reason that while a lot of his contemporaries, you know, have gone on to kind of be more famous and more successful, he kind of struggles to stay in any one place for any extended period of time. This, this interview that we're going to talk about, it definitely kind of got me thinking about the other guy because he says a lot of holier than thou things that are pretty demonstrably not his real values if you look at his professional history. You helped me a lot because I didn't know any of these things about Loki, mm. but it matches well. This is a like Bret Hart level unhinged, <laughs> and like everyone who's has gone to AEW or anywhere else is a whore who is chasing money and they either don't know better or they're just. But MLW uh, worked with integrity with him, so it was no a no brainer for him uh, to resign. And then I talked about MLW being more traditional. They do their talking in the ring. But man, that was a, that was some 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 hard shots there for people. You know, like you can't you can't knock folks for going where they can like make a living. Yeah, the, the, he threw some very big rocks for a man who lives in a glass house for yeah. sure. I mean, just to hear Loki preaching uh, about integrity and professionalism and maturity was like very bizarre to me because like he is none of those things and he's demonstrated it many times over so um yeah that's uh that's it there you go i wonder if he's trying to position him if he's positioning himself as the jay lethal of mlw like i am the veteran who will, will hold it up after all these other folks have left i am unsignable everywhere else so i'm gonna yeah. be i'm gonna be here for you <laughs> Yes, because where I'll else? I'll be your I'll be your Nick Aldis. Oh man! Yeah, everybody needs one. As long as, <laughs> where there is no fire, where there is no growth, where there is no excitement, you will always find one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just big words and a lot of, a little bit absurd in his narrative. Definitely. But so. it, the only thing that made me happy about is I'm interested in Black Friday management throughout our 42 episodes. So it looks like they will be going stronger. At least he will. So. It's his yeah. chance to prove something to me. You want to be the man, then be the man and, and show me that. And like I said, Loki, the wrestler, who's like in a place that works for him and is not doing all of these bad behaviors, I like him, honestly, in spite of everything. So if this is just the best fit for him, cool. Make it work, man. Make it work. Don't do any of that crap. Maybe shut up about other people who are more <laughs> successful than you. But, yeah. you know, it's all good. Um, Sadie Gibbs signing with... AEW, do you know her? Do you know anything about her? Not only do I not know of her, I couldn't okay. even really find very much. Like, the place, like, the wrestling database I use a lot doesn't even have a page on her. So she's, if you want a fresh face, she's very fresh. She's a very much an unknown. Okay. I think a UK wrestler, perhaps? I believe so, yeah. A fairly recent one, uh, okay. if I am correct. And we will get some video on one more person, uh, but we'll wait for her. Indeed that to happen and then finally with Tony Schiavone he also he talked about how when he came into MLW they said if you see anything you know they can be done better or done differently let us know and he said he was like okay I'll let you know and then he thought real quick nope I'm not going to do that I don't want to be involved with backstage stuff like I don't it it makes wrestling not fun anymore I just want to come here and do my job so I think we are right in the fact that 
we are seeing a Tony Schiavone who, at least at this point, is trying to live differently and maybe understands how much heat was on him in WCW and how he was viewed and is at least in some ways trying to right that wrong and, and reverse that narrative. And I still, I, I got, as long as he stays by that and doesn't turn into other Tony Schiavone, I really respect uh, what he is doing right now in his yeah, life. Absolutely. And God bless him for just being aware of that, just for himself, not even for our sake. But man, yeah, yeah. if you see some part of your work environment that turns you toxic, man, great on you if you have the strength to just step back and say, no, I'm not going to go for that. Because it's very much like the cultural narrative to like, oh, do everything you can and like jump up and try to be like mm-hmm. so important in the spotlight. But man, if you can just do what you're good at, and not feel obligated to jump in and do stuff that's going to be harmful to you, then that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Do, do it, Tony. We are watching you. We wish you the best. I don't know what's happening. I don't know if he's still with MLW or not. Uh, I, I can't so. tell. That's weird for me to say, but I hope so. <laughs> it's weird, man. Yeah, I hope so, too. You're right, though, because we are in a moment where I don't even know if I'd take – like Jim Ross apparently has not signed because he's still with WWE, but he said his agent is talking to AEW's agents. But at this moment, would I rather have Jim Ross or Tony? I'm not sure. I'd rather have Tony, and that's weird because I'm a big Jim Ross fan as a commentator, and I never liked Tony through all of WCW Legacy Series. But now, yeah, I don't know. I'd do it the other way, to be perfectly honest. So it's a weird time, weird time. I think uh, he can grow a better beard. <laughs> I probably I don't know I don't know if I ever saw Jim Ross try to grow a beard. I think he's had a goatee at times, and I'm not seeing with a beard. Maybe I don't know. Fair enough. Um, one other piece of news that I think is from this week. I don't know if you're going to mention it or not, but I believe it was just this week. AJ Styles confirming that he is yes. not uh, going to anywhere else. Yeah, honestly, I'm good with that. I didn't need to see him over there. I know some people are like, oh. We got an AJ Styles versus Kenny Omega. That does nothing for me, so it works for me. Well, people want to see, people want to see Brock Lesnar versus Chris Jericho as AEW. So, yeah, <laughs> maybe there's the another. People, yeah, they don't want what's best for him. Maybe just there's a place to do that. There's a place. You know, again, if anyone goes to AEW from WWE and they have the right attitude and they transform themselves, and AEW doesn't fall into TNA temptations. All the better, but, you know, I think that should be the exception and not the rule. Mm. We should not be waiting for WWE stars to sign. You don't need them. You don't need them. If you needed them, you you know, then be be WWE. Just like the four or five guys could have just signed with WWE if it's going to be WWE. So let's not do that. For sure. Also, I think kind of attached to that news is uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson Deciding not to resign pretty mm. conclusively, I think being pulled off of live events as well. So we may well see them coming over just by virtue of Bullet Club. That makes me a little sad because they were on my list of five I didn't want because I don't think they bring a lot. But I knew it would be a big temptation to come over just because, you know, they're good friends with these guys. They've got some of that history. I don't know. Them too. You know, like I said, I'm open to anyone just like you. Come in, do the work. Show me what you weren't in WWE, and I'm happy to change my tune on you, but uh, it makes me very uneasy uh, that we're almost definitely going to see them. So I don't know. We'll see. 
I know very little about them. The doc was bigging them up from their 2012 work, I think, at New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, so that's Carl Anderson in particular, and that was a good run for him. But that was also 2012, and I don't yeah. think he's done anything like that since. So <laughs> I might grab one of those matches eventually that he was referencing because I, I haven't seen. I think maybe in WWE I've seen them, but I don't count that because I, you could have watched their whole WWE run, and I think you'd have just as much to say now as you as you do. <laughs> so yeah. there's just there's very little there of note. <laughs> I don't know what the revival's doing. Like, is their gimmick? I fucking WWE right now, man. I think the revival. They tweeted something I think about. Don't never don't wish the being the Raw Tag Team Champions on any. I some kind of shit. Wow. Like, if they did, that's wow. Okay, all right. This you might find the comment. But uh, funny if you can. I mean, I sure wouldn't blame them because yeah, they kind of made a little noise, maybe about going to AEW, and then they have the tag titles. But man. WrestleMania is like what tomorrow, and I don't think there's any kind of tag team match for him. So, not the WrestleMania is the be all and end all. But man, if you're a tag team and you want to be a tag team, and you're in a company that just doesn't care about tag teams, then that's got to be discouraging for sure. Yeah, I think um, with these guys, I haven't watched them since NXT. But this is another thing. Who was it? Somebody recently came out and he was. Really wishing that one of the NXT stars would have stayed on NXT. So, like, even people in the business, it's, it's all, it should be more improbable that all your talented NXT people can't be talented on Raw and SmackDown or can't, then that they, it doesn't make sense. For sure, yeah. It's like a wholesale thing that's just accepted. Uh-huh. I don't get it. I don't get it. Don't you know it's Vince McMahon's fault? Triple oh, H yeah. will come and he will save us all one day. And it's definitely not a systemic issue that will continue beyond that. So, okay. It's my what little bit I? of sarcasm there. <laughs> Good. It's well-deserved. I can't find it, but... That's fine. I think it was... Maybe it was Ty Dillinger, because I, I think at one point he said he did try to go back to NXT. He was told he couldn't. Could also be Tyler Breeze. I know he like makes some comments sometimes that are a little salty online. So I, it could be any number of people, which is a sad thing, you know. And it's probably more people than would even have the guts to do it, because I think probably well over half the people who've come up from NXT, and that's probably a low estimate, would would be happy to go back to a certain extent. I don't know where. I was. Did you say? Did we have a week? Where we said, um, uh, what's his name? Perfect Ten guy is wrestling now. Ty Dillinger. Yeah, he's wrestling uh, independently. So he's out there. He's doing stuff. He's not just going right to AEW. That's something. Okay, so that's kind of, I don't know, any more news, anything? I don't think so. It hasn't been that long, you know. Uh, I really only heard of uh, a little bit of stuff so far. I haven't had a chance to check him out. He's not a guy that I'm seeking out, to be honest, so I don't know if I am going to see it or not. Um, maybe I'll look more closely at it if and when he is signed to AEW. Okay, so I think that's about it for this week as far as our news and rumors. A lot a lot going on every week. You never know who might do what. I'm so sick and tired. The worst thing to me is AEW is being made to look bad by people online because of an interest that they don't even show. It's like every time CM Punk does anything... It's like, oh, CM Punk is going to be in a movie. He's not. He's turned down to AEW again. Like, they're just, like, standing outside his door, you know, like, asking him every day if he's changed his mind. Mm. Like, nobody needs CM Punk. It'd be nice, you know. It'd be a big pop. It would do something. But I don't think anybody's just standing there waiting for CM Punk. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it would be very interesting to have him on board, but yeah, no, it's very silly how people react about that stuff. <laughs> okay, so let's do this. We got a lot to cover. Uh, we're going to start with a show that Miz Van, if Miz Van has never watched it, it's probably not um, by accident <laughs> when it's been around this long. And you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about being the elite, but I wanted to get it covered this week because Chris Jericho, as some a bitch, is just, man, somebody take away that man's phone. He, he reminds me of the guy who, you know, he's clearly wasted, and he's, like, making phone calls, and he wants you to take him seriously, and you're like, hey, dude, you're not making any sense right now, but Chris Jericho is at it, and we'll get to that. We will skip over most of the AAA stuff, because we are going to cover that in its entirety today, but they do start off with a recap from uh, the AAA event, and then we kind of back up a little bit as we move to... Uh, the Young Bucks getting ready to go to Mexico City. Brandon Cutler, who we saw, who will be in the over-the-budget Battle Royal, is being forced to be their camera guy oh, uh, on the trip. Oh, that was. Okay. <laughs> yes. Dang, he gets to model their gear. He has to be their cameraman. The best thing they could do for Brandon Cutler is at some point have him come out and try to kill all these people who take him for granted right now because he is yes. like – he is like their little their little goon. Um, so yeah, like come on, Brandon Cutler, you got to Virgil your way out of this stuff. Yeah, he looks like too the kind of guy who would just start killing people. Yeah, like, yeah, okay, good. So go ahead and let him. Yeah, this is how they are. Though. I guess they're, they're they're treating Hangman Page very poorly. Um, they, maybe this is why the Young Bucks like uh, Flip Gordon and and uh, Cody doesn't because. Cody is not walking around, like, taking advantage of everybody, and the Young Bucks wanted one more guy just to take advantage of. Uh, I don't know. Grown on the day that they signed Flip Gordon, but oh well. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and then the Michael Nakazawa or whatever stuff is continuing as Matt. Yeah, he was okay. Back. Explain that to me a second. I know you can't. I'm just speaking rhetorically. But why do you sign a guy, and basically it seems like he's already a running joke. Like, they even made a T-shirt for him. There was, like, just his name in, like, the plainest, most boring way. And it's just, like, what, is the joke that, like, nobody wants this guy? So why did you get this guy, you know? So I don't get that at all. Yeah, I don't know where they're going with it. Kenny Omega does. Kenny Omega does not feel like this on the show. So it's it's mostly the Young Bucks. I don't know what – I don't know if anything is there or not, you know, before this. But they they were even trying (laughs) – this is and this is why we don't know what's going to transfer. Like, is this going to be something that only people who watch Being the Elite ever really know about, or is it going to be like this beyond it? That's something we don't know. That's a very good point because I think you can be uh, very excited about AEW and never watch Being the Elite because that's what I do, and it works out very well for me. <laughs> so the Young Bucks land in Mexico City. They are having some food, and lo and behold, they both have a voicemail from one Chris Jericho, which. Oh, that's strange, but they will not check that right now. They got things to do. We go to the back, SCU, uh, hanging out in the locker room. Uh, do you know this guy that comes up to them? I didn't recognize him. I didn't feel okay. like looking him up. They're just He wants them to watch a match of his, and they're mean to him, and they're funny about it because they're SCU, and comedy insults is their whole deal, I guess. Yeah, and th- this is the second time, I think, that somebody has told said that they've changed. I don't know what that's supposed to be about. Yeah, where they're going I don't with know it. who that was. That woman and just said they changed. I don't know what they changed from. They changed from like the generic wrestlers they were like ten years ago. I guess <laughs> so. I don't know. I liked uh, Chris Chris Daniel saying that 
pretty much every minute of their lives is money, and to watch the tape would be taking money out of their pockets. <laughs> Do you want to take money out of my pockets, Joel? They are funny. I think they're actually the funniest bit on the show um i like their second part even more so yeah i mean they're 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 good at what they do i just i wasn't sure what to make of it but yeah they're fun nick and matt i think we're going back to them yeah this is kind of like a schizophrenic show a little bit it jumped around a lot to a lot of like weird it was like this and there and yeah i don't know i guess maybe that's just the way being the elite is but yeah uh, that's their that's their pattern gotcha it's like watching them wrestle (laughs) Uh, more on that later. More on that to come, yes. Um, so we got Nick and uh, Matt in separate places checking their voicemails. Jericho saying the same thing to them pretty much, that they have been tag team of the year for five years in a row. They're the greatest tag team in the world. You know, their legacy will live forever. What did they even have to prove? He tells Matt, you're the idea, man. You're intelligent. Tells Nick, you're obviously the star. Then he says, don't tell Matt to Nick, don't tell Nick to Matt, and then tells him, I think you need to go one-on-one. I think I think you could be a world champion. And just think about it. If you want to talk, I'm always here. So Jericho uh, doing some work on the voicemail again. <laughs> yep, I love, I, I'm a big fan of drunken voicemail plotter Chris Jericho. Uh, just trying to stir the shit here in these... Uh, slightly deranged voicemails um uh what i don't like about this is that uh, there's really no chance that the young bucks are gonna like split up because of this so it sort of feels like something that can't go anywhere but maybe they'll surprise me maybe they'll engage me more with that idea as they go along i think the one thing it does for me is is it's showing me more and more that jericho has no bounds True, like, true. They signed this man to kind of be the ambassador to represent, like, oh, look, we're also legitimate. And they I don't think they realized who else they were signing, <laughs> you know. Hey, and this, he, nothing... this is Jericho at his absolute best when you just let that let this man be creative, let him talk, let him do it in a specific way. Give him a gimmick that works, and he will work that gimmick out. <laughs> nothing would make me happier. And knowing Jericho, I think there's a good chance this could actually happen. Nothing would make me happier than him just terrorizing and alienating and antagonizing the entire roster for the next couple of years. And they have to keep him because he's the big star. They have no choice. They have to keep him around, even though they hate him. And then one day they're big enough and they could kick him out the door. And if they do it right, that could be the most satisfying segment that they do in a long time. So I love that. uh, Yeah. Uh, He Jericho is a guy who historically, you know, he's not the type to, like, drop character at the end of his run. He's not going to come out and do a curtain call. He's going to stick it all the way to the bitter end. So, yeah, I hope he gets dragged or kicked out the door physically when the time comes when he is ready to call it quits. I think that um, I'm really looking forward to it already. Yeah, when the entire locker room, every last person employed, Mm. all comes together and realizes, you've been screwed by Jericho? Oh, I've been screwed by Jericho. And it's like the entire world. Uh, and I was wrong because I said he compared himself to Hulk Hogan in 1994, and I did not see that. But now I have to say I see it because what ultimately happened to the on-air character of Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff, the announcer, would say, the biggest mistake I ever made was hiring Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and we may well see that with AEW and Chris Jericho as well. Uh, lovely. And I do like... This is my favorite part, maybe, or one of them, is the fact that the Young Bucks lie to each other about the voicemails. Mm. 
That was it. As much because again, it's just I just don't buy. There's no buy-in for me that that they would do that because they've been so clear about how they really have no interest in uh, breaking up or going that way. I don't know. I guess people can change, but uh, it was like it was like a nice effort, but I, I didn't appreciate it as much. I like the way they play them off each other. Matt, the older one, I guess, is Matt. I'm learning. See, I'm I'm learning the young bucks for the first time ever. Thanks to Chris you, Jericho. You've already learned them better than I have, so good job. <laughs> you know, with him, it's like you're older now. Like you know, you're older, man. You got to do this. And to Nick, it's like you're the superstar. So Jericho was really smart. And that also, like uh, Cutler, also got a voicemail, which was a, pretty much a, a, an ad, a recorded kind of like. <laughs> you haven't gotten your oh poor guy, poor fucking guy. <laughs> And I then it was like we got knowing that he's Brandon Cutler. I thought he was just like one of these faceless goons that like run around the Double or Nothing videos, and I never learned their names because they're not important to me. But no, he was like a real person. So that yeah. poor Brandon Cutler. Poor Brandon Cutler. <laughs> also, isn't the Jericho Jericho Cruise over? Or is he doing like a lot of them? I, he's I doing another one this year. Done. Yeah, that's the smart thing about coming to AEW too. He gets to you know, in the words of in the words of. Uh, Low key, he gets to whore his uh, um, <laughs> his cruise for a few more years. Uh, well, God bless if we can work it into the character, because yeah. uh, I remember thinking that was the cheesiest thing. I think it all in, like he came and he did that cool attack, and then he was like, "Let's wrestle on a cruise," and yeah. I'm like, "Wow, that like that was kind of stupid." But now I don't know, maybe it works in the character better than I thought. So good for him. I need him to be this heel for the whole time he's in the company. Yes, absolutely. Because if this heel had done what he did at All In, I would have embraced it more. But it's almost like he came in as a baby face to steal Pentagon's mask and then advertise his cruise. And, you know, for the storyline, it's okay. But, like, as someone who was there only really to see Pentagon, I was like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna sit here and clap for you, buddy. <laughs> you know, that's not cool. Like, Pentagon should not be a prop for your uh, for your business. Still need Pentagon to react to that, to come yes. back for Jericho's blood at some point. I think he's too busy being a tag team. Don't say that. I, really, <laughs> I need this, man. <laughs> yes. You're not by yourself. Okay. We got an email. Um, it was like, it's going to be a librarian gimmick. And so we're going to be watching a lot of people, unfortunately, who are probably never going to get the job uh, <laughs> adver- advertise themselves that way. So. Yeah. And the weird thing about this is, I guess Cody and the Young Bucks hate this idea, but then they turn around and they pitch it to the fans like yeah. in a cheesy way. So it was like sort of funny, but also like, again, I feel like you just kind of shat all over this. So I don't know. I, you just try to lampshade it, I guess. And I don't know. It was very yeah. weird to me. So that's a good point. Yeah. More uh, AAA stuff, which we will get to very soon in a couple of segments from now. Um, then writing, I can't read. We have uh, Sammy Guevara talking to SCU. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the best part about this is SCU. They they like Sammy Guevara, like to his face, and then when he leaves, like, oh, I really like that guy. Wait, he's, he's missing something. Oh, he's not from Southern California. Oh, fuck that guy. I hate him. <laughs> he's the worst guy I ever saw. So, uh, yes, I liked it. I also liked it. Then was that MJF? <laughs> <laughs> no, we hate him too. So <laughs> this is a whole gimmick though with this guy that goes beyond SCU because. He ran into someone else who I don't know, who's also on the AEW roster one week, and they kind of greeted each other. Had a, I think he, uh, Sammy even gave the guy maybe a drink or something. He's like, here, I got this for you. And then he walks away, and then the guy looks, and he's just like, oh, I hate that guy. There's uh, something about, like, I understood that immediately. Yes. There's something about this guy that is really, really hateable. I don't know if he's got, like, this just dumb Justin Bieber face 
or he looks like so young and obnoxious. And I don't know. I don't know what it is about him, to be honest, but he's just so super hateable. I just want somebody to punch the guy. So, yeah, there you go. Man, yeah, I really like that. I've forgotten about that one, but I, I like that segment as That's well. That's probably my favorite little bit on the show, to be honest, or at least I thought it was the funniest bit. Yeah. And then we got Hangman Page. He is training. These are, the, to me, the anti-Mr. Perfect uh, vignettes. <laughs> and I think that this is perfect right now because I am a guy who wants to like Hangman Page. And one of the things that prevents me at the moment is just how to – I don't know what it is. He's the only one that I feel this way about, but all I see is like, Oh, you're you're uh, being the elite guy. You're 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 uh, here with. You're not on that level, but you're you're being dragged behind them. So, <laughs> I like them kind of giving him heat. That way, I can kind of distance myself from that, and we can see what he. Because uh, again, I think he had a really good match, but I couldn't really watch it because it was with uh, Joey Ryan. So this is a this is a big fucking deal for me. That match when I watch Page and Pac, I got a lot to figure out about how I feel about things on that night. Yeah, fair enough. I, I'm also a fan of Adam Page. Uh, I definitely get your take because uh, of the like five being the elite guys who came over, he's by far the least established, the least experienced, the least uh, kind of notable. Um, you know, he definitely wouldn't be here unless they had decided to bring him along. He's not like one of the guys driving this thing on a, uh, a hype level. And yet um, I kind of like that about him because he in some ways has the most room to like prove himself and to, uh, to step up and actually make his legacy in AEW more so than it's already been made other places. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine old Cody tells him, I can hear your thighs across state lines. It's rough out there for Adam <laughs> Page. So we'll see what happens. Um, then we go to Jimmy Havoc and someone else who I did not know. Uh, Kip Sabian, I think. Um, okay. who we saw the video on. So now it's your turn. I know Brandon Cutler, you know Kip Sabian, so yeah. we're still getting to know these people. So MJF calls him a micro penis Zach Efron. And once <laughs> he said that he's such a oh, highlight of everything God, he's he does. So fucking good. <laughs> oh man. He's so in character. I don't even know how to even say it. That's a serious that man is serious about his business. Like the minute he comes in the room. Like, you, you can feel what the other people will probably feel with him entering the room. Like, oh, God. Like, you know you're about to be insulted by a guy who's going to act like he doesn't even know he's insulting you when he does know he's insulting you. Who's going to act like he's better than you, even though he kind of hasn't proven anything more than you've proven. Uh-huh. And he just goes in there and he says, um, he tells uh, Havoc that it's not cool to identify as emo when you're over 50 years old. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just laying the smack down in, in very short bits. Yep. Yep. And then we see Cody Rhodes uh, getting dressed or about to get dressed, coming into his locker room. Um, he's having some ear issues, so he he handles that business. And then all of a sudden he can hear really, really well. And he hears Cody uh, MJF um, talking shit about one Cody Rhodes. Um, um, okay, I, I want to hear you first, and then I'll say what I need to say. Okay, uh, that's interesting. Um, it was inevitable that Cody would find out that MJF is not really his friend. Uh, I don't know if I would have done it in this way in particular, but I know like the Cody's listening thing is like a being the elite thing because they, you know, they did it at least once before, and it's uh, a lot of people like to use the GIF. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess uh, this would probably be a pleasing little callback to those fans. Um, 
I don't know. I kind of hoped that it would go past double or nothing before he figured this stuff out, but uh seems like he knows now. So we'll we'll see what happens, you know? I'm really not sure. My hope, my prayer is that MJF can somehow make this right because my only offense really with this is why the fuck is it happening right now? Right. Like there's no point. Nothing can come of it. It was a good scenario because Cody never has anyone with him, and now he's got MJF, and he's the only one that feels that type of way. That's a good, good premise. So you don't have to give it. You don't have to give it away now. But if they do, I guess we'll see where it goes. But the only thing I was offended, I just don't like. It's too soon for me. Too soon. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely had the same thoughts. So uh, we'll see if they can turn the clock back on it in some way. I don't know. It'll be interesting. So then we jump. That was being the elite. We jumped to the road to double or nothing video episode eight. Um, we get some post triple A commentary, which I really like. So mm. I believe Matt was speaking, but it was off camera. And at the, at the time, I still didn't know who who was who. So <laughs> he says, um, "You dropped me on my head and you woke me up." And he said, "We dropped you on your head and we took the titles from you." Yeah, it was a nice little promo. I'm not a huge Young Bucks promo fan in general, but yeah, it was very effective. Uh, I thought it was fine. Okay. Cody footage, which we'll get to in the next segment from uh, AAA. Yeah, but the interesting thing about that is that, um, you know, not to be too out of order, but uh, Cody does get attacked on this AAA show, and uh, some AEW personnel are saying this may have put Cody's match in jeopardy at Double or Nothing, which would probably make Brandy happy, so I don't know. Yeah, that's a nice that's a nice little segment because again, like you said, it's one thing to be pissed off and be vocal about you not wanting him to wrestle when he's going to wrestle, but man, you create a bad atmosphere if he starts to feel like he can't wrestle and like, oh well, this is why everybody wanted anyway, right? So <laughs> for you know. sure, what I'm really enjoying is that Cody, um, despite the fact that he can't even wrestle right now is having so much stuff set up for him and so many seeds are being planted, so much character stuff is happening because now he's got an issue with some of these AAA guys. There's there's a few matches you could do right there. He's got his issues with Chris Jericho. Now, you know, he's got this thing building with MJF potentially. There's a lot yeah. for Cody to do when he is ready, and that makes me happy because Cody, you know, has been the most interesting guy out of all of this by by a wide margin, I think. He is the adult in the room, and I am coming to appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Like Laird, this is how you tell stories. You're right. You know, he is – everything that he's doing connects him in some way. Like, even if he were to ever feud with Ace Romero, you know, sure. I, I would not be able to forget. Like, oh, you were sitting there watching those videos so impressed with his pounce, and you brought him in, and now look what the hell's happening. Yeah, you might regret it when you're the one flying into the fourth row, yeah. so <laughs> – so it's just it's just interesting, and so we got that, but the show must go on. We got uh, Brandy, and she's got things to do. So we got to we got a new wrestler coming in, and I believe from Impact Wrestling, and we need to get her some gear. So that's what we're going to do. But apparently, Mike, who we quoted earlier with the Cody Rhodes statement, is uh, I don't know. God what bless you for is. knowing his name because I couldn't have done it if my life depended on it. He's very shocked, Ali. Um, she's like, uh, what do you know another? And he's like, well, I'm just surprised because last time you were getting your ass kicked, Brandy, you reached out for, to her for help and, uh, she did not, like, return the favor, so. 
which is a, a reference to something that's a few years old, I think, if I'm thinking of the right thing. So uh, Brandy kind of called him a nerd for remembering yeah. that. So, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. I was, I, he was the hero in the room for me. <laughs> yep. We have memories. Oh, long memories, things that happened in the past matters. You know, these are things that I want to see. So, yeah, good on you, guy whose name is apparently Mike. Yeah. I don't know what Mike does, but Mike Mike's a very honest man because he's also the one who said after they got off the phone with uh, the money guy, Cuddy was like, "Did you understand any of that?" He's like, "Not a word of it." <laughs> so Mike yeah. just does Mike. Mike is humble. Good for him. <laughs> okay, so what do we, what what do we know about Allie? Anything we want to say about her? Uh, yeah, I like Allie coming in. I think it's a good signing. Uh, I'm more excited about this than uh, some of the other women that they've signed. Um, I like. In particular, that uh, she is very good at playing a character, which I think is going to be the thing AEW needs to nail the most. It's the mm. thing they have the most to offer in. Um, she's someone who, for many years, played kind of a, like, think of Vicky Guerrero that can wrestle in the independency, like, very shrill, very unlikable. Uh, she worked as a manager and as a wrestler. She was good at both. Then she came into Impact. And even though she was a 10-year veteran, they gave her a character where she was supposed to be like this naive newcomer. And honestly, she nailed that as well. She really made that work. She really got over, even at a place that she wasn't really even designed to get over. Um, and then more recently, uh, you probably heard him mention this Demon Bunny stuff where she got drawn in kind of this weird, dark tag team uh, with another wrestler, Rosemary, who I would like to see signed. Um and she did very well at that as well. So this is someone who's played three, at least three, really different characters over the past few years and really done a good job with all of them. I think she's got a great attitude. I think she's a good wrestler. I think she's a good get for AEW. Nice. I second that character uh, statement. They need people who can lock in. and I hope she's a heel because I can't stand her because her face, she looks just like my least favorite professor who terrorized me for a short amount of time. <laughs> so I honestly oh, don't think there's I've anything. I've been there. It's so hard to get over that sometimes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and even like when she expresses herself, she expresses herself facially like her. Like it's like, fuck, if I find out you're the same person, <laughs> oh, I'm going to put a hit on this person. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, no, I I also hope that she is able to develop that character quickly. And I think she'd do very well as a heel if they want to go that way. Um, I will say, I said it last week, I've entitled the episode because we talked about it so much. She definitely just cut an an I'm happy to be here promo like everyone. And I'm definitely to the point where I'm like, this is not part of anyone's character. These are just literally like getting your reaction. And of course, everyone's just going to say they're happy to be here because... What are you going to say? I'm not happy to be here. I am begging for the time that they yes. do one of these with somebody and they're like, I'm going to kill Cody Rhodes. You know, like, yeah. I don't care. I'm going to go right for the top guy. I'm going to take him out. I'm going to just rule this company. You know, fuck all y'all. I want yeah. Ace Romero or somebody to come in and do that. So the day that that's happens, exactly what really I would happy. do if I sit there watching this shit, yeah. I'd be like, okay, is this what, and the same thing I like, which is what you're saying. So this is where you want me to say, Blah, blah, blah. Or their cue cards, because I've noticed that everybody before me has said exactly the same thing. Yeah. And then just go the fuck off. And then you stand out forever. It might, it might hurt you, but it might help you, but at least you stand out. Yeah, that's the day I'm waiting for, for sure. I can't, I'm not going to let you ruin the videos I like to watch any more than you're going to let me ruin the wrestling that you watch. <laughs> but I think that you have, you got me on this one, because even when I was watching this, I was like, this is that 
the narrative introduction thing that Ms. Sam is talking about. <laughs> and I did not, I don't know if it's just her. I didn't enjoy her story. Her, I don't know what it is, but they're getting worse for me. Like, it's because they're all the same. Yeah. Honestly, like, even if you like this stuff, and there's no problem with liking this stuff, but I'm sorry if I'm, like, ruining it for anyone. I no. don't want to. But they are all the same. I think they really need, you know, the, the, part of the whole drive of AEW is like, oh, we're going to be a company with really good creative. Okay, give me some seeds. Like, you don't have to do everything right now. But, man, when you're setting up these interviews, just give them a little hint about who they're supposed to be in the company because I feel like they're getting nothing right now, which is why they all sound the same. So Yeah. It's also too, at least like I was a little interested in Britt Baker. It was like, oh my God, as a fucking graduate student, you were doing like graduate school and training to be a wrestler at the same time. Uh-huh. With with Allie, it was, um, nothing came natural to me because I'm not an athlete. And, um, you know, I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I need to know that. Fair <laughs> um, enough, yeah. So that is interesting. Uh, we moved to that to a championship belt is being made, and uh, they want it to be Mid South North American big. So that yeah, that was the, I had to Google that to be perfectly honest, and it's yeah. a big belt. Uh, more contemporary version might be the Lucha Underground belt, which is also very big. Uh, if if anyone remembers that, and I hope they do. But uh, yeah, I guess they want a really big title. Good. <laughs> more than anything in this world. I want them to decide the heavyweight title with a WrestleMania 4-like pay-per-view tournament. Yeah, that'd be fun. It could be so good. Like, you could have the entire locker room in the build-up. This, and this is where, if you don't want to break up the Young Bucks, but you do want the like, Chris Jericho has some effect, like, everybody who's in that tournament could feel differently about each other for that period of time. Like, guys who travel together might not travel together. Guys who are in the locker room, in the share of dressing room, might not share a dressing room because they're all in that tournament. It could be very intimate. It could reveal a lot of things about a lot of guys. And then it's a hell of a thing to to emerge, especially if you're not the guy, because if it's going to be Kenny Omega, then don't do that. Just, like, do the Triple H thing where they hand you the belt because it's like, who the fuck cares? You know what it's about. But to watch Randy, this is why I'm fiending for my WWF legacy, legacy series because Randy Savage and Ted DiBiase, you know Hulk Hogan and Andre are in that tournament. Yeah, and you get them out of there. Randy Savage emerges, and then one of my favorite events ever to watch is a Vince Russo book show is The Rock and Mankind that tournament. Like my brother and I, man, we we not only watched it but we stayed up. And watch the Home Shopping Network or whatever they used to have a special after it where they would just do WWF stuff, and we just didn't want it. To, we didn't want it to end. You can do so much with a one night tournament. It's regal. It's fucking regal. Come on, man, just do a few things. Just do a few old school things and let that be one of them. Crown that champion. Let that man earn that belt. Mm. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. For sure. <clears throat> okay, so we come to the end. Of the road to double or nothing with a promo, excuse me, a promo by Pentagon and his brother Ray Phoenix. Pentagon says, Young Bucks, three years ago, you were the best tag team. And what happened? The Lucha Bros arrived and took that from you. Young Bucks, be ready. I love he He, he has the same riddle, whether he's a singles wrestler or a tag. He has this. Um, and do you want to know why you should be? <laughs> oh, God, I love it. Uh, because we are the Lucha Brothers, and we will have zero fear. Yep. 
Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I thought it was a bit generic, honestly, at the end there. Don't know what you thought about it. Yeah, the animus. The, I, Ray Phoenix speaking, I, I agree, that was a bit generic. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely oh. what I meant, okay. <laughs> okay, sir. Okay. What would you have what would you have had Pentagon do? Uh I would have had him break Phoenix's arm to show how serious he was and then go be a singles wrestler. So Holy shit, man. I was <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to put your back against the wall. You you out you outmaneuvered me there. <laughs> that no, I get it. it, you know. Um it's the it's the whole problem, yeah. I mean I feel like the Lucha Brothers They've been influenced to the young, by the Young Bucks a lot in ways that uh, don't entirely please me. Uh, yeah, no, they do more catchphrases. They do more taunting in the ring. They do a lot of stuff that I just kind of liked them a little more before. Uh, and I still love the Lucha Brothers. I uh, don't want to be down on them, but I don't know. It's catchphrases. It's kind of like wrestling 101. I don't know. I'm, it, they're the Lucha Brothers. I'm always going to love them. But uh I don't know. I was hoping for something a little more outside the box, maybe. Maybe that was on me. Maybe I just shouldn't have done that. I think a good way to decide which belts should main event uh, AEW between the world title and the tag titles would be at Double or Nothing have Pentagon break the uh, Young Bucks' arms and then break Phoenix's arm and then walk away from the tag division. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes, do it. Uh, yeah, that man, I think that man... Anything can always happen because it, it takes it would take a third of a second at any time of his career to launch him in the way that he needs to be launched. True. But I have I'm almost sixty forty just in this felt sense in this moment that he's gonna he's gonna surrender his career from what from what it could be to what it is going to be. I unfortunately I think those are very accurate odds. So uh, uh, I hate living in real time sometimes because. Yeah. You don't know because now I've got all these hopes and fears and yeah. yeah, it'd be so it's so easy for you to imagine looking back in five years and say, oh thank God Pentagon broke out in that way and that was so great or looking back like wow that really could have been something and it wasn't so I have no idea right now I don't know it's really tough and it hurts me inside to think about it so there we are I really think we're going to learn a lot when they get this really sign a contract. So whether we I get them, so. I know you're pinning your hopes on that. So let's hope that it's that and it's not, you know, an NXT contract where you you go to the main roster after a year and you end up in a tag team with Chad Gable or something. So that's why, but that, even that is going to tell us something. It will. No, you're right. It'll tell us everything we need to know, but it won't tell me what. I, I don't want to hear it if it's that. I want. I don't want to. I want to close yeah. my ears off to that. So okay. I really think that what needs to happen is that Ray Phoenix needs to sign with WWE and Pentagon somewhere else. Or just something to separate them, because, yeah, the Lucha Brothers are a super fun tag team. They really are. But even for Phoenix's sake, he's better by himself, too. They both yeah. are. They are incredible singles wrestlers. And to devote so much time to this tag team is a waste, in my it's, opinion. And that's coming from a guy who loves tag team wrestling. So, I love yeah, tag team okay. wrestling. Let me be yeah. clear about that. Ugh, it's just a waste. That's my opinion. And it's two different things. But I think where we'll, we'll be separate is, you know, it's because these guys are fucking phenomenal and they deserve one-on-one -on -one runs, but it's also because, for me, and I'll save it, but I'm not impressed with the Lucha Brothers, so. 
Well, all right, yeah, we'll talk about that more. I, if your point is they don't bring out the best in each other when they tag, then I will agree with that. Uh, I still do enjoy them a lot together. So, yeah, we may be at a different place on there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, let's let's talk about all the, the AAA stuff. Okay, and I will say really quick, though, the only reason I keep saying if, if they do break up company-wise, I think Phoenix could be a, a top star in WWE easily because – Oh, sure. It's such a wrestling-based you know, company right now. And <laughs> For a company that has thought any mass wrestler can replace Rey Mysterio and have thought yeah. so erroneously for almost a decade, here you have a guy who is not the next Rey Mysterio. He's the first Phoenix, and that is almost Preach. as good, you know, honestly. You, you'll never get another Rey Mysterio, in my opinion. But you have Phoenix, you have someone who's a little different, and in some ways better you know honestly he's just an incredible talent so yeah he could be great there yet i would never wish for any luchador to sign with wwe because their track record is so absolutely horrible that uh, i don't know why anyone in their right mind would sign with them unless you just want to collect paychecks on the bottom of the card so so yeah um i don't know maybe phoenix can turn that around but uh yeah, just separate them somehow. I don't even really care where they go. They can even just be in the same company. They were both in Lucha Underground. They were barely ever in the same match, and they were both awesome. So, man, just, like, take a lesson, for God's sake. Yeah, I just don't know who does because yeah. even MLW, all we've seen is the, them wrestling each other. And I think the next time we see them, they're going to be a tag team. So. Yeah, and then they may just never stop being a tag team. You know, it's a very real possibility. It's like nobody has watched. Maybe that's why it's not on anymore. Maybe nobody watched Lucha Underground. But <laughs> well, it shame happened. on everyone then, because it was yeah. great. How hard is it? All, there's nothing new under the sun. So we all, we all borrow and steal. So, like, maybe borrow and steal the good ideas once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for God's sake, if I was running a company, I'd be like, you know what? I had a big platform like AEW. I mean, you know how many people watch Lucha Underground? Eh. You know, it wouldn't hurt if we take 77.3% of what they did and bring it over here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, my God, man. Conan. This is, I think of Conan in some ways, the way I used to think of Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Oh, wow. Like, this is a man to me, like that deserves respect. And when you see him, you know he's about to do he's about to do something to me that's top shelf. And I, man, I enjoyed Cody Rhodes and Conan. So we get <laughs> that's it. That's pretty much exactly the reason, or one of them anyway. That I thought let's watch this whole thing. Let's not watch whatever little tiny clips they're gonna show on their little shows. There's nothing yeah. in wrestling like watching. The whole product, I think. I agree. So I'm really glad we were able to do this. Yes, I'm glad Ms. Van hooked this up. I, I did not know this was coming, and I am also very glad to see it because, again, man, this is this is classy. Wherever Cody Rhodes, he's had. I wrote down when he's coming out. First of all, I love seeing the the big AEW uh, uh, sign with his name with his face up yep. when he came out. That looked legit. And it, I, this guy is half Vince McMahon, half pro wrestler when he comes out. Like, it's like this is. <laughs> A legit suit, like this is, a, and he'll play that. He's going to, he's going to cut Conan down by using his executive privilege. I'm like, God damn, son! But he's also, <laughs> you know, there's that's Dusty Rose son under there too. So that's a, so a pro wrestler who has a lot to prove in his life. So one thing I like about Cody, I think he might be the most deceptive of all of them. He has a very um, ah, kind of Opie Taylor from uh, 
the Andy Griffith show, mm-hmm. the Ron Howard character, are very, ah, gee, shucks. You know, I'm just Cody Rose. I'm the son of Dusty Rose, but man, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> be afraid of be afraid of that man with the with the cane in the suit. There's something, yeah, about him. I'm glad you said that because it helps articulate what I was kind of thinking. Because when he first came out, I was like, I was almost like, oh man, Cody, he almost looks out of place here. He looks just kind of like I, I got thrown back to like, oh, he's like the ex WWE guy who's just kind of like mm. running on his name a little bit. And this, you know, how much I like Cody Rose, but I just got yeah. this weird vibe out of him. But then, yeah, as the segment went on, he like totally turned that on his head. So he just like he kind of makes you think that way. And then, you know, he'll do something that that guy, that WWE guy, never would have done. So it, it's cool. I like it. I think he likes to do that. Yeah. I think he likes to be complicated. I think he likes to kind of misdirect you a little bit. I also, in those 50 trademarks, some of them might have been ones that are explicit, AEW. But even the word most are for personal use does not say that one of them or two of them is not for AEW. Right. And that word is just so Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like... I'm telling you this big story, but I'm also hiding this kernel in the ground. Mm. And, like, nobody's afraid. You're walking into Mexico City on your little cane and your little suit with your little AEW, your little baby face, your little schmoozing with the the announcer who gets hired to do the translation. Like, you buddy-buddy, everything's simple. And then out comes Conan and his crew. And you're like, that guy's in trouble. I love this. I love this exchange. Man, Conan gets heat every time he does stuff. Mm. I can't even. I don't even know what these guys are saying, but man, the, I love waiting for the trans. Like when when the, when it is an English statement and it's translated, and waiting for you know the cheer or the boo that you know is coming at the end of that line because of what they put on the end there. Yep. Yeah. That was fun. That uh, was very fun. I also wanted to shout out. It's funny you compared Conan to Hulk Hogan. Just Conan coming out to Eye of the Tiger, which yep. is very Hulk Hogan in my mind from way back in the old days. So, good connection there. Yeah, the thing I was thinking is just that back in the day when Hogan or Flair would come out, they would do that kind of, you know, bowing with your arms type respect. Right. And that's just what I would do if I was in the crowd because there's a lot of things I might not like about Conan, but Conan as an OG veteran on air screen character is so fucking good. I don't see how – if you're a fan of Lucha Underground – one of those bricks in the foundation that everything was stacked on was a Conan brick. Yep. There's, that's just an absolute fact. If I was, uh, if I was, I was going to say ludicrous. That's not it. That's neither here nor there. Um, Ricochet. If I was Ricochet, man, put your mask back on and run back to Conan's feet. <laughs> Most I, I probably ever liked him, so I'm with you there. Yeah. It was so good. It was very good. Like, Conan, uh, very good at everything. In wrestling, except the wrestling, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough. Yeah. He says, I can't wrestle. With, you know, As you know, I can't wrestle with my knee. That's a line that I was looking for. But I, maybe I don't have it in my notes. I don't know where. He big leagues him with the... Uh, I just... Uh, something about being an executive, but he's just a wrestler or something, or just a something. Yeah, he says, you're just a little employee. Yeah, um, little kind of itty Lording over, like, I, I have... Uh, this all this power in my company, and you don't you don't have as much as I do. So uh, down the line, I def- that definitely jumped out at me. Down the line, you gotta have that heel Cody who's like lording his power oh, yeah. over people. There's gonna be a lot of good stuff there, I think. Oh yeah, I don't trust him for five seconds. Part of the reason 
why he probably thinks MJF is a good guy is because he probably thinks he's a good guy. He probably sees a little bit of himself in MJF. Oh, sure. I hired this guy. How could he be bad? You know, honestly. Yeah. So I hope the day after Cody kicks Chris Jericho out the door and everyone thinks, oh, we're finally oh, okay. free. That's the day that Cody yeah, turns and shows like, okay, well, now, now it's all about me. So here we go. Yeah. You know what? I you know why I didn't like that guy. I didn't like the way he bullied the talent. I didn't like the way that he he projected his ego as being bigger than all of us. But you know what I really didn't like about that guy? He filled the spot that should have been mine. <laughs> Cody Rose, Omega, is, he's dangerous. He's the best wrestler in the world, the Young Bucks or whatever. I'm telling you, the man that you need to keep your eye on is the guy who has his little desk sitting in that little office. You know, he's just playing wrestling, just, you know, trying to... Trying to herd cattle for his dad. You know, just a humble, a humble old guy. Mm-hmm. You watch that guy. In the next two or three years, he's going to do, he's going to do something that nobody else would do. Just keep your eyes out. But right now, I like the way that he's pushing back because they, Conan clearly trying to intimidate him. And then he just goes like, oh, you're an itty bitty employee. And that's another one that you wait for the fans and then you get the pop. And here's what I love. Here's why I fucking love Conan. Number one, he creates an atmosphere everywhere he goes. But number two, this is a man who himself used to be on a cane, used to walk with a cane. And the way, because Cody Rose is going to get jumped, and it begins with Conan instantly and smoothly kicking out the cane from under Cody Rose. And he knows what that's like, and he knows what to do, and he does it. And then Cody gets jumped. Yep, yep. Here's my favorite thing about this. Cody uh, fighting back a little bit, then gets speared. By the big man Taurus, who I'm a fan of, who they kind of hinted they'll have a match in the future, which I hope we get to check out because I think it'll be good stuff. Uh, but when Cody gets speared, you know, he kind of gets speared in the chest, but as soon as he goes down, he's grabbing that knee. He's selling mm. 100%, you know, what the story is. So that that is great. I'm a big fan of that. Yes. That was that was good. And I think uh, it must be in the other videos that we skipped, but the Cody says, look, uh, these guys are here. They got my back talking about the Young Bucks. And then they're standing at the screens while Cody's getting beat up. And they're looking at their phones, like, checking messages and shit. Yep. So. They're not paying attention at best. At worst, they just don't care. You know? <laughs> so, Luckily, so, yeah. we somebody. Yes. We, we said that there should be conflict between these uh, all elite people. You know, they should not yeah. just be, like, one big NWO buddy family. So I think uh, we're going to see some aspect of that. I think they're smart enough to do that. One thing I like that they do, if they hear the fans mumbling and grumbling, they just take it and make it their own so that you can't have it anymore. <laughs> so, Yeah, no, I, we hope so, certainly. Uh, so the Young Bucks fail to save Cody. Instead, we get uh, a bunch of uh, Technicos or faces from uh, AAA coming down. You have Psycho Clown, who's one of their biggest stars, leading the charge. Also, Taya, Drago, Aerostar, yes. and I believe another wrestler called Lady Shawnee. Um, not Pentagon and Phoenix either. Interestingly, they don't yeah. come down and help out uh, AEW at all. Nor should they. No, yeah, what? Yeah, there you go. There you go. I, but the young, I mean, the young bucks are already. I like it. Yeah, I, I, I would not have wanted to see it. They sent their message when they came out to AEW show and put uh, Mr. Matt, I believe, on his on his old head. Indeed. So <laughs> old. old head. Yep. I'm trying to. Reference a distinction between them every time I say them until I can finally know who they are. Yeah, good, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Nick is the one who is clean-shaven and younger, and Matt has that uh, whatever on his face. That 
Uh, yes, because he's older. And, yeah, because he's old. Yeah. And All Nick's right. young, and he cool. doesn't have it. <laughs> and they're brothers. We got they're it. They're a tag team. All right. <laughs> okay, we got them. <laughs> we, we know the Young Bucks here on week uh, eight or nine or so of All About All Elite. So we got the Lucha Brothers main eventing the show, it seems like. Indeed, indeed. And Oh, God, there's a fella. And I don't, like... You can never judge. I say this all the time. I want to make sure because it's true, 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 true. You can never judge a wrestler by one promotion that he was in or she true. was in. Absolutely true. But there is somebody from uh, Lucha Underground who I really could have done without seeing again who shows up in this matchup. Uh, didn't like him here either, I take it. Yeah. We're talking Same. about uh, Tejano, who, yes, yeah. was uh, quite dull in AAA. Some people li- or in uh, Lucha Underground. Some people like the guy in AAA. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I've never really seen it myself, so uh, maybe that's just a disconnect between me and some other fans. But uh, the main event is the Lucha Brothers taking on Ray Escorpion and Tejano, part of a group called uh, the Mercenarios, uh, which is also associated with Conan. They were two of the guys out there earlier beating up Cody. They're fighting for the AAA Tag Team Championships. And it uh, sounds like you weren't too into this match. I, I did think it was pretty good. I really liked Pending Out in Phoenix uh, coming out, and their entrance gear was phenomenal, I thought. Yes, I, I like said that. Pentagon looked warriored up. Oh, yeah, super good. Um, yeah, the good thing about the Lucha Bros, and like I said, I don't know if they necessarily bring out the best in each other in a team, but they're very in sync. They are very uh, coordinated. They're ready to get in there and do a lot of cool stuff. You know, honestly, just flat out, it's cool to me. Um that the Rudos did a pretty good job. Uh, I agree to Hano not really standing out. But uh, they did get in there. They got some good shots. They were ripping at Pentagon's mask at one point, making it a little more personal. Um, in the end, they do the uh, spike Pentagon driver, and then Phoenix dives out of the ring so hard that he tumbles kills into the people. crowd, which I yeah. thought also was cool. So they do win those tag titles in a, a pretty good match, I thought. I enjoyed it. Okay, so... I also like Pentagon and Vampiro having a little embrace at ringside. I actually missed that. So, yeah, there's a little other thing. Uh, Vampiro has a very bad reputation in AAA commentary, and it's pretty well-deserved without the benefit of the Lucha Underground editing. He is, uh, let's just say it's not uh, showing off his best side. But still, I love that history. I love that connection. It's still good in my opinion. Okay, so what I want to say is, and this is just my flavor. Sure. If the tag team division in wrestling is going to be where people don't stand on the apron and they don't make tags and they just run and do flips on each other and it's just four guys fighting like it's a no-rules matchup, if that's what tag wrestling is going to be, then I will probably pass on the entire division when um, we get to AEW. I found – I don't know how much I felt. I don't think I enjoyed this match. I think I enjoyed the next one even less. (laughs) Maybe to the point that was 0% is where I would put it for me. Oh, wow. Because it's just, like, the Young Bucks moveset and the and the Lucha Bros moveset is so damn similar. It's just, like, grab them and hold them and do a flip that is supposed to make the move more impressive, but it looks like you get more, you get less, like, momentum from it. <laughs> and it's just, they do the same shit, and they just, there's no think. It's immature wrestling for me. Like, that's the way I would say it. It's like... There's no thinking, there's no planning, there's no psychology, there's no rules. It's just, let's all just go out and have ourselves a time. And I was, I guess I haven't seen this, so this was a new, because mostly we've been watching one-on-one matches, or either they haven't been like this. 
And then what, at times it's like a triple threat match because one guy just automatically disappears so that you can have the two-on-one. Um, here in my notes I say no rules, no thinking, but endless spots, zero enjoyment. And then one time Pentagon's on the mat and I see his face up close and I say Penta's face and his mask is so much character that I feel like every day in the tag division is a day wasted. Let that man be. But I did like... I did like at the end when, when Phoenix just goes flying and then he almost kills some children and, and families <laughs> in the front row. That was interesting. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, this one might I think I liked a little bit better than the next one, which well we'll get into. I like but, this one a lot better than the next yeah. one to be to be frank. So I think you and I are on the same page at least. Uh, I can't remember this one as well now, but <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe a matter of degree, but. Uh, uh, it is worth pointing out, I don't know if this will make a difference or not, but in Lucha Libre, uh, the tag rules are a little different. Uh, you can make good. a legal tag by just exiting the ring, which makes it more fast-paced, but as you say, in some cases, less psychology, or at least less uh, kind of the psychology that we're used to. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it will be different in America. Just having watched a lot of the Young Bucks, I certainly can't promise that it won't be a lot yeah. of just like everyone in the ring at once. I don't know, might be a sign, yeah, kind of a, a check against the promotion, because I, I sure wouldn't be shocked if, they had, if their tag division looked uh, like this. So My, my, list, is, my list is getting longer. And... <laughs> it's going to be, um, it, I don't know, I'm very curious to see if we actually go on to see it or not. It'll depend on a lot of factors, but I yeah. can already foresee a lot of things that are maybe going to drive you away from this product when it actually becomes a product. Um, I, I think so. Maybe there'll be enough to keep you. I'll be interested either way. So uh, we'll just find out. It's just, it also, I started thinking, of course, the young bucks were the best tag team in the world. And three years ago, you replaced them because you're doing the same shit they do. So why not? Uh, like, there's a distinct before and after in my mind, to the Lucha brothers before, that three yes. years ago and then after that three years ago, because that's they, you know, that's when they picked up a lot of this stuff, you know, that has kind of annoyed me more about them in the last few years. So uh, I, I don't say it lightly when I think the Young Bucks have really directly influenced both guys in a way that has made me less interested in them. Uh, and only a little, honestly, because they're so talented. But, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an influence that I am not a fan of, yet it is an influence that may ultimately make them richer than my way would have, so I don't know what I can say about that. One team is going to kick the other team in the face to start the match. The other team is going to roll out of the ring, and the team that's in the ring is going to jump over the top rope onto them. <laughs> and that's going to be a start to everything everything they do. As I'm already, I can't, it does not make sense that I've watched like three matches, I think, in my life with these guys and I'm sick of everything that they do and I know everything they're going to do. Like that's not a compliment. Like I watched and I went in cause I've watched, this is my second time watching them. I watched them. I, I think I shared it with you. Yep. And at that time, man, I thought I'm about to see some shit because I was so high on Pentagon and so high on Phoenix. And then the young bucks have this reputation and it was a fucking abomination. It was this <laughs> match except for plus some like, Let's all play together and like you know sing songs in the middle of our wrestling and and this one was at least supposed to be a feud but then like what's one does all do the package pile driver with someone and they can't do their fucking move until someone oh, god damn it I uh, I try like the young there's I watch a lot of reaction videos these days mostly not wrestling but there is one 
MMA fan who reacts to wrestling, and finally he got around to the Young Bucks, so I watched their whole move set because he was watching them. And, you know, visually, I guess, it's appealing, but man, even to me, the momentum of some of these moves, it's like, if you just, you're holding that man, and if you just drive him down, you'll get more impact than someone flipping and barely touching them, and it's like, it's like oh god, it's like it's like turn based RPG game, so <laughs> where you, your characters can like merge to create something. Good stuff, good stuff, great tag wrestling, best in the world, so on and so forth. Okay. Conan <laughs> comes out, we got new tag team champions. Conan I mean Conan's good. Yep. Conan's gonna stir the pot. He's got he's got somebody here for them. And it's the Young Bucks. Man, I think folks know that by now. I thought it was interesting that Conan uh, hates Cody, came out to kind of conflict with him, and yet, apparently, aligning with the Young Bucks. So, yeah, there's something interesting there, I think. That's so interesting. I thought that, too. Like, same Young Bucks who did not help Cody when they could have now. Yeah, and this is the way it's going to be, I think, is that these are going to be complicated people who have, you know, different um, interests at different times and different scenarios, so... I always like to see Pentagon and Conan go face to face. I don't think I shared it, but that they go face to face. Oh, it might be something we'll, maybe we'll do later. But it's when when the Lucha Bros take on uh, LAX, mm. and man, Conan's got such a bad attitude, but he tries to play this once in a while. Like I'm the elderly statesman, and I'm going to make sure things are like this. And then Pentagon, man, he's just waiting for a moment to blow up, and then he does. <laughs> So for sure, uh, I will just say as far as the match goes, um, I probably liked it a little more than you. I liked it more than that match you mentioned as an abomination, which I agree. I hate that crash match. I thought it was very bad. This was better than that, but yeah, I still wasn't really a very big fan of it, and I just don't like the Young Bucks that much. And uh, I've been very consistent about that ever since I started watching them a few years ago. Their style doesn't do a lot for me. I can kind of see why it works for some, and I- I've seen Young Buck matches that I liked, matches that were. Uh, more psychological that had better structure, but you know, this version of the Young Bucks, there's two versions of the Young Bucks that I'm not a fan of, especially. One is this version where they're just like million miles an hour, nothing really kind of matters, and you're just like everything just hit all your moves. And then the other one is where, yeah, they're kind of like running around and they're like tiptoeing and doing sucking and like flipping around to do an eye yeah. rake and just all this like baloney stuff that is not for me. Um, so yeah, if you get Young Bucks, that are not in either of those two zones, I think they can be a lot of fun. But uh, I don't think we'll see that with the Lucha Bros, because I'm sorry it's going to hurt you, but the Lucha Brothers are almost like the sting to the Young Bucks' Ric Flair in these matches. Yeah, because they're just following along uh, this pattern that they learned, and they're not going to. there's no reason to change it, because the fans are still cheering, but it's very boring for people like you and me, so it's not It's not the best. <laughs> I, the thing that pissed me off the most is that you could just flip the, the movesets and... Nothing, nothing would change. Nah, so, yeah. are you telling me that Pentagon, like, wrestles like the Young Bucks? Because I've watched him. I've watched a lot of his stuff. Yeah, he doesn't. And yet, these guys, they're so fucking interchangeable. Then, we, if you want to claim to be the best tag team in the world, that's a lot of errors and a lot of stuff. And, man, you got to do more than just than this to me to be. You know, you're, you're making a claim on a lot of good, good tag teams. Yeah. You know, that's, I think that's what you want me to watch you as. So I went in saying this is maybe the best tag team in wrestling now or the best tag team in the world ever. And the people who want to make tag team wrestling main event the show over the world title and everything else. 
Those are the claims that they they want on the table. And I'm not gonna say I'm, I've made my point, but all, all I know is like I could not have been more underwhelmed. If I was like booking and I was a manager, I would bring in like the revival and Bobby Roode, and they would beat all these guys like in in a matter of short order, and people would be like, "What the hell's going on in the wrestling world?" And then we would get too cocky, and then we would reveal, you know what we do? We watch the videotape, and you do the same things all the time. And when you run, they run, and when you jump, they jump. So when you run, we're not going to run. When you jump, we're not going to jump. When we're outside the ring and you want to jump outside, we're going to roll in. When you're in the ring, we're going to roll out. We watch videotape. And either you're going to step up your game to meet people who are doing psychological work and are watching the videotape, or you're going to keep losing. So step up and change your game or get left behind. Because they don't do it. I, I, I know their whole shit, and I've watched two matches. I can predict it before they do it, and it makes me mad. Oh God! And you got, I can't stand watching people stand there for. There should at least be calling audibles that if we don't get this done in a time that makes sense, I'm gonna move and we're gonna change what's going on. Sure. But alas, and my promise. This is my promise. If if you're listening to the show and you do want coverage, we will do um, every major show up till uh, TV. And we've always said this from the beginning: TV will depend on if they earn it or not. But I'm not sure. After Double or Nothing, we will decide together what we are or are not going to do on our weekly basis. So, Young Bucks, man, they they made an impression on me. <laughs> you were never going to like the Young Bucks. I think you probably knew that already. Yeah. Um, so I have tried, though. I've watched sure. a lot of Being the Elite. And I, you know, I try, I sit there and I'm like, I get, the, I, I kind of get why the fans like them. I get the, I, you know. Sure, yeah. Trying to add on and add on till I can be on that pl- on that plank with them. But. <laughs> oh wow, that might be a losing battle, my friend. It's hard to make yourself like something. Um, yeah. But it, you never know, you know. Like you said, I think there are good young bug matches. I I can see why people like the matches that I don't like, but uh, it's just not for me. So. I can't do. I cannot. And we'll get to it. We're gonna, we're going to convince me and. I wanted to hate the second match because I was in a uh, I was in the mood of like fuck everything that has happened in, you know sure and it started out a little bit like that and then they wrestled a match it was so much 10 20 30 times better than than the two, the two greatest tag teams in the world ever are wrestling each other in AEW and they're going main event shows and this tag team matchup you sent me was like leagues Leaves above their tag matches. Yeah, well, welcome to my world. Uh, other people are always looking at stuff. They're like, oh, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, all these guys, they're the best. The rest of five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten star matches. And I'm watching yeah. like a C-level women's promotion from Japan. And I'm like, yeah. these matches are literally better. Yes. And I know it's my perspective, but man, no, all the time this is what I get. So thank you for joining me in my very frustrating world for a little bit. Yeah, we have to speak from our perspective. We, of course, um, I think I'd rather watch WWE than watch uh, what I was watching. So <laughs> that's I extreme, hope, but I get you. <laughs> yeah, I want people to understand where I am right now. I'll change my mind if they change it for me, but I want you to know where I'm at. And I would, because I, I will watch WWE once in a while. It makes me sick because I think the bookings are always just so bad. But then I would see Seth Rollins wrestle or. You know, someone else wrestle. I'd be like, "Damn, I want, I want, I want to be a Seth Rollins fan. I want to watch him weekly, but I can't watch this stuff." <laughs> but if it's between that and watching these guys do the same shit over and over, there, 
Someone needs to smack them across their fucking faces. Yeah, you're so fucking smug, you need to humble yourselves and go back to the drawing board, folks. Go watch go watch some convince me and find out what people are doing. They're out there grinding. This woman oh, go ahead and go ahead and introduce us so I can go ahead. So yeah, I, I yeah we're talking about convince me. Uh we're doing what we uh, intended to do last week, got moved to this week. It is Yuka Sakazaki, who is a very young women's wrestler from Japan, working uh, very extensively with Tokyo Joshi Pro which is a, a bit of a smaller promotion over there, but one that uh, produces a lot of good quality, in my opinion. I've talked about it before on uh, the Global Revolution. Glad, glad to bring a little bit of it here. Yuki Sakazaki was in my uh, top five of people who can kind of break out as a result of Double or Nothing or AEW, simply for the fact that right now she is a complete unknown in the United States. Uh, and She came here once to do uh, a uh, Chikara weekend. I was able to see that. I, I really enjoyed what she could do. She got over very well with the fans, and I think she'll do so on a much bigger level. I don't think she's going to be necessarily the greatest wrestler in the promotion or anything, but I think she's going to appeal to a lot of people. So I, I'm, I'm glad to talk about her. Let's talk about Yuka Sakazaki a little bit. Okay, and we'll keep in mind that I was watching his matches immediately after the last, so there's... <laughs> There's intertextual conversation going on. Absolutely. And I had this as leopard pants versus singlet because I did not know who was who. Sure. I was hoping I was hoping the one who will be Yuka Sakazaki was Yuka Sakazaki. Good. Excellent. Um, so that worked out, but I didn't know till um the second match. So that I'm watching and it's so this is weird. Like there's so much weird shit in this <laughs> that I've just never seen. Like in the beginning I'm like I don't know if this is more mat wrestling or like two people rolling around in the hay together, but they're just like down there. They're just, it's just very, and it's quiet, a very quiet arena in this first match. It's like golf claps when they finally get a drop kick. Um, very methodical um, wrestling. And then the first thing that I said after the little bit of intro that I just talked about, a little bit of mat wrestling and drop kick is at least this is a different style. Um, I said AEW's great embarrassment might be that they bring folks in from multiple countries and just a plethora of independent wrestling, and they introduce one style to the world. Mm. And that, to me, would be the great shame. So when I see – this is the same thing um, a couple of weeks ago when I was impressed was the fact that it was a different style. And this, to me, just – I don't know what the hell's wrong with uh, Yuka Sakazaki, but, man, she looks like she just blanks out, closes her eyes – and either doesn't feel things or does power moves that she doesn't even know she's doing. Like she looks, like, she looks like she's on some downers that she's halfway there, halfway not. <laughs> it's like some weird shit. I've never seen some of these things. Like when they're chopping each other, she kind of bows her chest out, and like the chop, the chop doesn't go through her chest, and she's a skinny, like kind of narrow person. But when she when she the chop won't go through her chest, it looks like it'll break the hand. It's again like she just, I don't know. Halfway looking like uh, one of the male protagonists from a Final Fantasy game is what I also <laughs> yeah. noted. Yeah. Like you're kind of looking, kind of not, kind of. It's interesting. And I was like, I've never seen anything quite like this. So I'm paying attention. And I, I, was, I think I like the tag match better. Oh, definitely. But so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going in and out. But both matches, the pace changes throughout. Mm. I don't want to have to say this kind of shit. Because any encounter that you have, any competitive encounter with another human being, 
if you're actually competing against each other, the goddamn pace is going to change once in a while because you're actually afraid of what the other person might do. They might switch it up so you have to pay attention. They might change it up so you have to be where you might change it up so they have to pay attention. Anytime you don't have to pay attention, you're not actually competing with each other. You're doing ballerina shit. You're doing collaborative <laughs> shit. You're not competing. And if you're not competing in my world, it's not pro wrestling. And I don't need to be bothered to watch that stuff. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It's a good point. Be- you can't just uh, <laughs> can't just dive out of the ring at a million miles an hour all the time. Because what if the other guy moves? You know, you'll you'll die pretty much. You got to yeah, make me, and that's even more so. Make me feel like it's, it's not high risk anymore. Like it's not high risk. It's high reward wrestling. I reward you. You reward me. We're all look at us. Like, if you're about to jump over the top rope and hit your opponent and then land in the fucking front row, there's a lot of risk. Like, if he had landed, Phoenix, he lands kind of where a dad-looking fellow is, and then there's, like, a little girl on the other side, man. I think if he had landed a little over, he might have, he might have, we might have a different story coming out of that show. Oh, yeah. So there is high risk. I've literally seen wrestlers take out children accidentally with some of these dives, so it it can happen. (laughs) Act like you can be taken out, too. Sure, yeah. It's so weird. Like, have you ever seen Jim Cornette at Dairy Queen video? I have, yes. I never saw that till last night. And for most of my life, I would just be like, God damn, this idiot. But this is what – I get it, Jim Cornette. I fucking get it now. This the world is turning me into – I can't no, stand it, man. Jim Cornette, I hope. Just, just into someone who feels like – like his beef there was they were on the road and they ordered a gigantic meal – and when they get up to the window, they're not actually making the meal because they thought it was a joke. And it's like, you have one fucking job. And this is why I feel like with these people, you have one fucking job. Fuck you, Matt Hardy. Fuck you, Jeff Hardy. I don't know I don't know who's responsible for this. I don't know how far back it goes. But God damn it. Act like you're competing. Act like Brock Lesnar is your opponent. Everybody, Brock Lesnar can hurt people because he was MMA and not WWE. That was his whole return. It's like, oh my god, we got a legit fighter, and now we got uh, Ronda Rousey. You know, this is all fake bullshit. But guess what? I'm an MMA competitor. Yeah, and Triple H. Oh, this is not about characters. This is about my real friend, yeah. Rick Fleur. Whatever. Yeah, I know it's such baloney. <laughs> you know who else could be competitors? Pro wrestlers wrestling each other. Yep. Be afraid of each other. God damn it. Okay, so yeah. I love the pace changes. Sometimes they're mat wrestling. Sometimes they're doing drop kicks. And I don't know how to say this, but there's a lot of moves that they do, and they'll move out of the way, or they'll, but they'll still half hit them, or they'll... I just felt like I was watching two people actually in the ring with each other, not knowing what the other one was going to do. And I don't know if I would usually brag about that, but watching it when I did, I, was, I almost <laughs> cried. I was like, oh, my God. It's a nice juxtaposition. Somebody to remind you that you actually do like wrestling uh, yeah. when it's really wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Um, just to dial it back a second, for anyone who does want to check these uh, matches yes. out, they're available online. We were talking about first, you, that's Y-U-U, versus yes. Yuka Sakazaki from July 8th of last year. Second match is Yuka Sakazaki and Mizuki taking on Shoko Nakajima and Riho. That's from January 4th of this year, both matches from Tokyo Joshi Pro. So, uh, yeah, like you, 
I like the tag match uh, quite a bit more, but I, I like both matches, to be honest. Um, the tag match, yeah, there was a lot of stuff in it. They did change the pace. They did give it, like, some context and story. I hope it was helpful. I shared with you a little bit. Yuka Sakazaki and Shoko Nakajima uh, were a tag team for quite a long time. This is kind of their first confrontation after going their separate ways. And uh, even I, I don't have all the details about that. I don't know how big of a breakup it was, how bad it was. It's hard to get all the story stuff from Japanese promotions because I don't speak any Japanese. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, uh, you could tell that there was something between these two women and they wrestled like it mattered. And it mattered a lot to me as a result. It was very good. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say really quick with you, uh, when she gets gets offense, I like when she does kind of the – the uh kind of cannonballs down she so a little mm-hmm. back splash and then she runs and she flips and does the same thing but just from a different angle but not not super big but you know super effective i like yeah. both matches you get kind of like a some kind of headlock or arm lock and where you fall like the spider type thing where you fall behind the ropes yep yep and, and this is another thing this is a thing i'm becoming impressed with who do i like and who do i not like is is also coming down to in two matches, I already saw that Yuka Sakazaki has a very – she snaps off her moves a particular way. She has a unique way of moving and doing her moves. And then, like, that, that's a stamp. That's okay. Okay, I know what this person's about. Uh, I really like that. The tag match, let me let me flip my notes because this was my favorite. Mm-hmm. And they do, they, do, they do some of the same stuff. So you might watch it and be like, hey, they were all in the ring together. They blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Moderation is key. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not all they were doing. Yeah. And the switch, oh god, the switches. So like, let's say you got, um, well, mostly it's also smart because I, 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 am I right that that this was two former tag teams or? or yep, both both tag teams that had kind of gone their separate ways recently. So it seems that they keep Yuka and her former partner away from each other for a long time. Yep, yep. And we build to that. But every time you would see the other two come in, like one would knock out the other person, but the other one would be right behind them and knock out the other so that the switch is never paid off. And then, you know, there's something to that by itself in that this is not just a spot where one person comes in and change the momentum. It's like you let me go so you can get in the ring and knock out my partner, but you also let me go. So I'm right behind you about to do the same thing to my other opponent. So that kept happening, a lot of switches, a lot of um, pace changes, and then, yeah, I just, I felt the emotion from both teams as they faced their part and former partners, like, I really felt that, mm. I was proud of all four competitors in how much, and not even hatred, I would say, that I felt, but, like, a competitive, like, I was thinking, the greatest binary that ever binaried a binary in pro wrestling, it was in Shawn Michaels through Marty Jannetty through that window. Mm. Because every time a team breaks up, I was thinking, like, there's one part where they were, uh, Yuka and her former partner were, like, stiffing each other with forearms. And I was like, you guys are fighting. Who's going to be the Marty Jannetty? Yeah. You don't have to relent. Keep fighting. It's like they all were just competing for relevance or revenge, for showing that they were the better teams. And I'll get to something after the match. After the match, it also moved me. Mm. But man, competition, competitiveness. I felt like they were really going after each other. I just turned my notes over, and the first thing I see is so much better than Lucha Brothers versus <laughs> the Young Bucks. Um, leg locks. I like the one-legged crab at one point. I like again. I said 
when they would lock them up and then drop over the rope in that submission hold, they just mm-hmm. snap it off. A lot of pace changing, I've noted. Uh, I like, yeah, I like how they build up to Yuka and her former partner. They don't get that till way later. Some deep arm drags by both of them. And then, I, again, I don't know what this was too, but I wrote, fuck, it feels like she block, blacks out. And I don't know. She does things that's just ridiculous. And you look at her face, and it's like she's not halfway there while she's doing it. It's rather <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know what you're talking about. Anybody stand out for you in this match? Uh, Yuka Sakazaki was my favorite in this match, but I thought everyone did a good job. Uh, Yuka and her partner, Shoko Nakajima, they were a really great tag team. I like them a lot. And now, yeah, that they're going after each other. I'm really into that. You know, I want to try to check out more of this. Um, I said it when we were doing the Ajakong set. And I'll say it now. The women's wrestling in Japan is so good. And, like, this is not even, like, one of their bigger promotions at all. This is kind of a smaller one. And they're just they're – just, the talent is so deep over there. Like, you've got – a part of it, I think, is just the mindset and the presentation because it is, like, colorful. There's a lot of, like, bright color, bright costume, a lot of that stuff. But also, uh, they just take it just very seriously. Like, when you get down to it, it matters It matters a lot who is winning and losing. So, yeah, I don't know. Just the whole style stands out to me. I'm a big fan of Tokyo Joshi Pro, of all the, the Joshi wrestling over there, which was what they call the women's wrestling. It's just – it's a really great scene, and uh, I'm very – very pleased um, that we're able to talk about some of it on this show. Yeah. You just hit the thing that I was going to end with is you couldn't her partner after the match, like shaking hands, hugging, congratulating each other. Like they just came out of war. And then you look on the floor and the two that lost are crying mm-hmm. and embracing each other. Oh, man, I felt like I went somewhere. This is a, I don't speak the language. I don't really know the feuds. And they took me somewhere and brought me back safely. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, and it's all subjective. It's subjective. I'm just saying from my point of view, then the other match is like a company that I am weekly talking about. And I know the language and I know the story and it did nothing for me. I just sat there watching them. If you can't transport me, you don't get my time. And these these four man, this is Aja Kong. Like I'm back, I'm back on that again. It's just like you took me somewhere. I like, I just like all the vibe there. Like you got all these like wild costumes, all these wild things, and then, and then they get down and just beat the shit out of each other. I saw another one. I didn't get to watch the match, but it kind of flipped. From the video, like it was Yuka and someone else in a tag match, and I don't know if one person's thing is that they instead of shake hands, they they touch uh, the pointer finger with the other person. Mm. So they all were shaking hands and doing that, and, you know. And I could have just easily watched that match, and I think it would have been another good one. Yeah, no doubt. Honestly, um, when you're kind of in this uh, this realm, there's just a lot of there's a really lot of good matches. They're gonna appeal to guys like you and me, absolutely. Man, good stuff. That was a good convince me. Um, I, like you said, I don't know if, uh, if this is someone who could be like the face of a company, but and who knows? I'm never gonna say someone can't be, but she she could be very interesting wherever you put her. I think so, and it puts me in mind again of WCW, who never had that much of a women's division, but when they did try to do it, they brought in like great talent yeah. from Japan. They would give them a spotlight, not always, but when they did, uh, it really stood out, you know, and it kind of helped make. A name for some of these people it helped uh kind of clue them in 
people like me. And then they, you go watch them some more and you're like, wow, it's funny you say, cause I get stuck on Aja Kong for years all the time now, just like I'm walking around and then I'm thinking about Aja Kong and how great she is. So it's like, mm. it's amazing. You know, the talent over there is incredible. I think. I think there's one thing. If AEW really wanted to be a promotion that gives people a spotlight when they really don't get one. The thing that they would do is, is if they're going to bring in this international talent, whether it's giving them someone to talk with them, or a translator or a manager or something, is let them be human beings. Because I love what WCW did because it introduced me to so much, but you always knew New Japan folks are going to be like, you know, these they're, they're bad guys and they're the losers in the end. Right. You know, that cuts them off at the knees. Like, if you really want to do something that nobody else is doing... Don't let that the fact that they're not from the U.S. or maybe they don't speak the language. Don't let that be a barrier that they can only give you a good match. Like I can care about I, I care about all four of the people in that match, and I don't know I don't know their names, and I don't know the language, and I don't know the feuds, but I left caring. So I can care about these people. Yeah. Like yeah. give them the give them the benefit of the doubt, and give the fans the benefit of the doubt. That's the language of wrestling, yeah, as it matters to me, because I watch, I probably watch more wrestling not in English than I do in English, uh, at least some of the time, and it's never a barrier for me if the matches are good, if you can feel who the characters are. It goes back to felt sense, which we always talk about. If you can get that felt sense over, man, you will not have a problem. Um, So, yeah, no, it's it's good stuff. I'm really glad you like this stuff. Honestly, I, I didn't know if you are going to or not. I'm glad uh, to have once again delivered and convinced me because watching these, um, I almost doubted myself when I first started watching them, but no, they really came back around and they really won me over. So uh, all over again, really it's great stuff. It's just the uniqueness to each person. I think too, this is Lucha Underground. It's WWF in the eighties. Like Kurt Hennig, when he came to WWF, according to uh, Pritchard and company, he would just brag all the time. Like, this is where Mr. Perfect came from. That like, he was good in every sport. Like he could, like a very MJF like in that way. And it, whether you can agree or disagree on who is a good promo and who's not a good promo, but if you can just take five percent about each person that's unique and build off of that, everybody has a chance. And that's you know the first thing I saw with her is like my God. Like, just something about her her delivery was different or the way that she received or just, like, her face. I was like, I don't I don't quite know what to compare this to, and I don't even know if I like it yet or not, but you've got my attention. And I'm not going to go around fake giving my attention. Mm. You know, so just it, – it, it's such a low bar. Just figure out who you are in, like, 5%. Steve Austin, you know, you can say whatever you want. They dressed him up as the ringmaster. Gave Ted DiBiase, like, is a legend in WWE. Gave him Ted DiBiase. Gave him, brought back the million-dollar title. <laughs> and everything that they were giving him was just smothering him because it wasn't him. Mm. Then you let him cut, go out and cut, a, like, a half-redneck, half-blasphemous, like, promo. Because he's, he's an angry Texan who just beat Jake Roberts. And he goes to the moon. Just, man, 5%. And that's on the wrestler and the company. Like, know who the fuck you are and what makes you you. And the company, honor that. And then if they don't make it, 
fine. Maybe they need to be somewhere else, or maybe they, they don't need to make it. Who knows? But how many people are just never? And that's the, that's the biggest sin. And that, you said this before I did. But you should not be the Lucha Brothers and be like the biggest, like, you, you represent something right now. That you're worldwide. Nobody should feel that you that you're that you're in any way like just like taking from the, the, the young buck style. You don't need to do that. You're better than that. Let the young bucks they work themselves a miracle and God bless them, but let the young bucks be the young bucks. Mm. I just want a Pentagon just to bite one of their heads off and spit it into the crowd. <laughs> okay. That's enough. Yeah, that's enough of that. That's let's let's move on to to something. Uh, well, maybe they were more excited about. I remember the first match. I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> we we do have MLW Fusion, the Legacy Series, to cover in our final hour here. So, my friend, if you are ready, let's jump right into it. Absolutely, there is a principle in life, and you can you can bank on it. Is when Pentagon goes down. Jack Hager arrives. God in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. We, we begin with Colonel Parker. Uh, the tag division is still tag tournament. Tag title is still out in front of us. Eventually that has to happen. But Colonel Parker interrupts. Um, he says Jeff Cobb will be leaving on a stretcher courtesy of the stud stable. Here's something I'm very pissed off about other than the fact that Jack Hager is here, which is enough. Sure. By itself, but we already had somebody who shook hands with Colonel Parker to play the role that Jack Hager's playing this week. And we get no reference to what happened. Who was that? I actually don't even remember. <laughs> it was a big guy who the fans were kind of chanting for, and Colonel Parker came out and watched him. After he won his match, he shakes hands with Parker, and we never, we've never seen him again. Huh. I think I might know who you're talking about, but I thought, okay, yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe he was the guy who ended up joining Sammy Callahan, but I'm not sure now, so oh. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Okay, good. <laughs> we're both not sure. We're doing a okay. We're, we're we're looking at the legacy here. Okay, so um, that's what we got here, and he's introduced. We introduced Jack Hager, Colonel Parker, as the man who rules the world. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's really no doubt that Jack Swagger, like, in a very mechanical sense, is a much better wrestler than Sid Vicious. Right. But I'd almost rather see Sid Vicious, to be honest. And that's saying hey, a lot. You know I hate that. I hate watching Sid, but man. <sighs> okay. So far in their careers, I think Sid is better than Jack Hager. He's certainly more successful. So. You know, and I'm not. No, am I saying Sid's a better wrestler? Not in this world. But it's a whole package. Yeah. And, like, who who are you, Jack Hager? Are you the MMA guy? Are you this big guy? Every time he's an independent because he's so tall and everybody else is not, then he becomes, like, a Sid character. But like, who the hell are you? And he needs to be an MMA. He is perfect for him. He won a match. Yeah. He has no personality. So just do that. Yep. So simple. But, man, and then... I don't know. I just got especially pissed off because of Pentagon being the guy in Lucha Underground who breaks arms. Mm. And in this company, he does the move in the match, and then it might not – like the guy's up wrestling him next. Yeah. But it turns out we can do an angle where people break bones. 
we just have to give it to this pile of nothing. Yeah. I am Jake Hager. <laughs> so we're going to spend half the show getting a stretcher and an ambulance. Because what? Is it the ankle lock that he did? I assume. It was, yeah. I don't know. It's amazing because, yeah, he's really one of the most lifeless wrestlers of all time. And I say that having seen a lot of lifeless wrestlers. Um, yeah. He's this big guy who wrestles so small, you forget how big he is every time you're not looking at him because he does nothing to remind you. And yet, yeah, he gets all of these big pushes, big angles, yeah, like sending people to the hospital. If I had taken over the bookie of MLW as of this episode and I was unable to change that this match was going to happen, my God, how can you look at Jack Swagger and Jeff Cobb and know anything about their careers and not say what a great opportunity to push Jeff Cobb super hard and have him smash this useless piece of nothing out of my company forever. Like it's, it's ridiculous because Cobb outperforms Jack Swagger by like a hundred times in this match. And the, the crowd, guess what? They actually care about him. They actually wake up a little bit from their slumber when Jeff Cobb is doing things because he's doing things that are cool and he actually wrestles not like he's 10 times smaller than he is, like he's 10 times bigger than he is because he's a fucking talent that you should invest in. But instead, he goes to the hospital and it really, really aggravates me. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Height privilege, man, is is a a thing. We've seen Jeff Cobb with good presentation because you know who he is, right? Who is he? He's Matanza. From Lucha Underground. Maybe you didn't know that. Oh, my God. <sighs> <laughs> uh, I may have uh, sent our uh, mystic over the edge here. I'm not sure if I did or not. Are you still with me, my friend? I don't have the best memory in the world, okay. so... Right. I am making a mistake in my brains. This is not your fault. Okay. I, uh, okay. I did, I'm sorry if I made this a lot worse for you just now. <laughs> and no, it's just... Again, I'll just ask the same thing. Has nobody ever watched Lucha Underground? I know. It's heartbreaking. I'm forgetting names now, so I, I, know, I know that's the brother. Who's the other dude? Who, uh, Benjamin Button's favorite wrestler from Lucha Underground. Oh, shit. Um, uh, the, 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 I don't want to say the Undertaker-like fella. Bill Muertes. He's one of the most important Lucha Underground characters. Yep. Mil Muertes, right? He had, right? The, he had the, uh, who? Mil Muertes, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. there you go. Uh, where has he wrestled outside of? Uh, he wrestled in AAA for a long time. I think he split with them. He's done uh, a few other kind of smaller things. But, yeah, no, he's a guy who needs a much bigger spotlight. So if that's your point, I agree. He'll be like, like a jobber next week on the show. Like, who the fuck? This is embarrassing, man. <laughs> Watch the goddamn... Uh, just watch Lucha Underground in, in in a very short time. I would like to invite all the people booking these companies to do the same. Right. Like he, he was nothing. This like this dude was like a jobber in the hands of uh of uh, uh, Mr. Jake Hager. And what's the point? 
And then Lucha Underground, even they, even they though, couldn't uh, overcome the sin of Jack Hager. It's man bad. breaking that dude. Oh man. So he's like sacrificing people to the gods in Lucha Underground. He's getting his fucking leg broke here. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Ooh. I don't get it. Jeff Cobb, a very you'll maybe be happy to know that yeah, he is very well booked in other promotions. He's currently signed to Ring of Honor, where he has a very big push. Good. So it's not Good like it's hard to recognize the talent of Jeff Cobb. You know, he's been very significant. So yeah, I was very confused to see him presented in this way. Um yeah, One thing I have seen is such a boon to any promotion he goes to, I think. So yeah, to, to introduce him in this way is ridiculous. I've seen the fans in MLW a couple of times reacting in a way that shows they know better than what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And this was one of them. Oh yeah, for sure. Man, that's some that's some bullshit. Okay, that's hard though. Okay, MLW, and we get a, like I said, old ridiculous old scene here. I wrote all book, no cook, because everything that everything Hager does comes from booking. You know, it's all well thought out. Like let's give him half the show. And have stretchers and ambulances, and there's no heat. There's no nothing's happening in the ring. It's all book. Right. And I'm sick of it. I'm not gonna keep on. I'm not gonna keep on pretending. Like I got nothing against the guy, man. I'm proud of him. Do do pro wrestling well in MMA, but stay away from companies where you actually need to be a personality and evoke something. Amen. Colonel oh. Parker is not gonna be the guy who's your saving grace. <laughs> no, no, sir. My God. Yeah, no, I agree. It's very discouraging to see promotions continuing to slobber over this guy. So if AEW signs this man, that might be the nail in the coffin right there. You know who gave us Jack Hager, right? Who? The man who's about to sign a multi-million dollar contract. Yeah, okay. See, there's another reason I don't want Jim Ross because he's responsible. Uh, But who can blame him? Because everybody thought Jack Swagger was going to be somebody when he first came in. I, we just assumed that he would, like, grow a personality at some point. But, no, like, he did it, and he's not even interesting in the ring now, and he wasn't even really in the first place. So, oh, all right, cool. I think he should go do stand-up comedy with Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they can go out together and just live their own lives and not bother me. Oh, man. Shane Strickland uh, interview. Um, he is whining was- about getting hurt and like i didn't know this is a difficult match wrestling pentagon i got hurt it was like god <laughs> what am i watching grow the fuck up baby face world champion I, it's the first time you defended the belt and you're whining about it being like an intense hard battle then selena shows up outside um shane strickland tells her you put this on yourself um and she makes it a point that this was never about you it was about the title but now it's about you. So I think we are about to enter into a grudge and personal feud between Selena and whoever she goes and gets and our heavyweight champion, Mr. Uh, Swerve, Shane Strickland. Yeah, agree that that promo was very weird and flat and all this stuff like, oh, I'm so confident. You'll have to kill me, Pentagon. And then Pentagon <laughs> like beats him up. He's like, oh, I'm glad I don't have to fight Pentagon anymore. <laughs> well, I guess... You weren't really the way you yeah. were saying you were, were you? So, okay, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just begging for Loki to come in and take that title. Please, yes. please, please, please save us, Loki. I don't even like you sometimes, but right now I really want you to come take that title. Pentagon is the heel 
He had to he had to win two matches just to get to you. All you had to do is wrestle him, and you're complaining about the okay. Stop. I would just I would I would cut out the the promos and just uh, let him. Yeah. yeah, stop talking to this man. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, MLW is a company that I want to like and I do like in some ways. And yet, sometimes I feel like they have just horrible judgment. Because, yeah, there's the Jake Hager stuff. They keep putting a microphone in front of Shane Strickland. All this weird stuff. And no Barrington Hughes. So, like, what you know, no. what are you doing? <laughs> How many times have we got Sammy Callahan versus Barrington Hughes? Uh, yeah. Okay. Lawler and Gotts. Um, what do we got here? Uh, basically, Tom Lawler's going to wrestle Fred Yehi next week. Tom yeah. Lawler makes fun of Yehi for being oh, yeah. short and having a weird name. Um, I'm excited for that match. I think it'll be good. It'll give us another good look at uh, Tom Lawler, who we are still evaluating opinion on, but are trending positive, me in particular. So uh, let's see what he can do. Yeah, and we switch over to Sammy Callahan. Oh, God. <laughs> Wish I could read my own writing because I have a smart ass comment about him. I watched this right after last week's show, so I'm I should have went back and reread everything. But he says I'm supposed to be something. I don't know. Uh, why. I don't know. He he says people say that he's unsafe, and he really wants you to know that he's an uncaring psychopath, uh, uncaring sociopath, and he cares so much about being an uncaring sociopath that it really hurts. So mm. also they call you unsafe because you injure people. So that's yeah. Bad. He said I'm supposed to be unsafe, and I said okay, then be it, jackass. <laughs> like. How many times, how many weeks is he going to let us know what he's supposed to be? Right. Especially because that thing he's supposed to be is that he doesn't care. It's like the guy who needs to tell you he doesn't care every time you see him. It's like, okay, maybe you care because you really seem to care that I know this because you keep telling me. Yeah. It's silly. I I think that maybe we need to – pro wrestling, if if this is what we're going to get, needs to create a language that nobody speaks and have all wrestling speak that because (laughs) – I was more of a fan of the language that I could not than the language that I get. Yeah. Because they they conveyed something to me, all four of them in that tag match. And, like, I know what you're supposed to be. I have no no question in my mind about what you're supposed to be. But you either go out and and be it or shut the fuck up. (laughs) You know, here's one thing I do. My girlfriend does not watch wrestling, but she's... She's very creative, and she it's like if I if I give her some lines from anything that is like good shit, she knows it, and and we'll have a conversation about it. So like you know I, I you know I threw out like I'm always giving I'm always giving her good content, Miss Fan, you know that. And then I, was, I, I I sneaked in a little thumbs up, thumbs down to see how she would react to that, because she just reacts positive to all of it, and then she's like, what is that? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, <laughs> because it doesn't make fucking sense. It was so weird. Like everything is usually like, oh man, like she likes it. We have a conversation. Like, where did that come from? And I was just like, what is that? It's just not good. No, it doesn't even. It's not threatening. It's not interesting. It conveys nothing. I don't understand it at all. Jesus man. And one thing I love about MLW is that I keep forgetting that uh, MJF is there, and then he'll show up. Yeah, I was gonna say here's a saving grace for an episode we haven't liked much so far. MJF. Singing at ringside with a lady with champagne in his own little section. That's what I'm here for. That's that's literally why we're doing MLW. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's bad news. We haven't said it, but in the main event, it's going to be Sammy Callahan versus Joey Janela. Yes. Joey Janela uh, did some things in uh, in uh, the locker room of MJF last week, and mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I I got a feeling that you know 
that might that might be that might be coming back this week, but we'll see. Maybe we, we return of the top ten. The top ten returns. I guess maybe it's supposed to be a monthly thing. But maybe. all right, so I have something special with this. But first, yes. first I'm going to read the top ten as it exists. Um, number ten, ACH. Number nine, Jake Hager, who. Just had his first match seconds ago, so I guess the ranking committee scrambled to put him on the list or That's something, good. which was silly. I'm that shit, Miz fan. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, Joey Janela, who has not yet won a match on MLW Fusion, I might point out. <laughs> Number seven, Barrington Hughes, hanging on the list. Good for you, my man. Good for you. Number six, Jimmy Havoc. Number five, MVP. Who also has not won a match on MLW Fusion. <laughs> Sammy Callahan, number four. Also Boo, but at least he's won. Yeah. Number three, Phoenix, who has lost both matches he has been in on MLW Fusion. <laughs> number two, Pentagon, who just lost cleanly to the yep. world champion. So I don't know what he's doing. Number one, the only one I think they got right, Tom Waller. And you know what? Yeah, give him a title match, please, because I would love to see him also be champion way over Shane Strickland. Okay, so that's the top ten as it exists. But now, if you're ready, I want to give you the real, actual top ten based on what we have actually seen Damn. on MLW Fusion. Because yes. I don't know where they're pulling this stuff out, but this is the real <laughs> top ten, and I'm going to tell you why. Number ten. Simon Gotch, who was defeated by ACH in week three, but he defeated a jobber in record time in week six. So he has one victory, a recent victory, an impressive victory under his belt. Gets him a top ten spot. Number nine, Trey Miguel, who won a match in week five, beat Cotto Brazil. Not a big name to beat, and it took him a little while, so not that impressive, but still victories of victory, number nine. Number eight is Jimmy Havoc who did lose to the champion in week two, yet he defeated Joey Janela in week four. Joey Janela, not an insignificant name, so he gets a spot on the list. He's number eight. Number seven, I think the same big guy we were talking about, Mike Perro, who had an mm. impressive victory I think so, Jabber yes. in week three. I believe he is the same guy, yep. So he gets on the list. ACH is number six. I don't know how he got to number ten. Uh, he did defeat Simon Gotch in week three. He did take a loss to Tom Lawler, but Tom Lawler is the number one ranked wrestler in the company, so that doesn't hurt him too much. Number five, a man I don't like, but I'll give him credit anyway, Sammy Callahan, who had a main event victory over MVP. Number four, you'll like this one, Barrington Hughes, who Ooh. defeated a jobber in <laughs> seconds, the most impressive victory in terms of dominance that we have seen, so he deserves a spot near the top. Give this man some competition. Number three, MJF, who mm. defeated Fred Yehi in impressive fashion. Again, not an insignificant name in week four. Number two, Austin Aries, who had an impressive victory in week one over ACH, who is clearly an important person to this company, who has not been mentioned once, since then, which makes no sense to me, so I don't know. Bring him back, you know, honestly. Number one, like I said, the only one they got right is Tom Waller, who decisively defeated ACH in week four. So that is the real top ten, and I'm going to keep updating that for you week to week because it's what MLW should be doing, and they're not, so I'm going to bring it to you. 
This is why we pay Miz fan the big money right here. <laughs> I can never do what you just did, and that is fucking awesome because this is supposed to be MLW Fusion, the Legacy Series. So we are supposed to have a memory about what is going on and does it make sense? Does it work? Does it not work? And why? And I think you just did some work to demonstrate that there's something. There is a there's a there's a there's a space between what this company seems like it wants to be and what it actually is. Yeah. And I wish they would make up some of that ground because if you want to be old school and traditional, I see in some ways you're doing it, but I think being attentive in some ways to some things you're not. It's like they give us an out of shape version. Like here's his kind of tradition, here's old school, here's something, but the details are not there. And this is yeah, you're right. I like ACH being higher up. I like some of these guys. Who like they've only wrestled one match, but they won the match. Yeah. So should they not be up there versus people who maybe lose all the time and somehow? Yeah, I, make... I left Pentagon and Phoenix off despite loving both of those because Phoenix has never won a match on Fusion and Pentagon just got beat by the champion. So you go to the back of the line. I'm sorry, that's how it goes in my book. So yeah, you also yeah, it's all you know he's on reset. If I was watching this in real time, I think either I think probably he's left the company. To be honest, <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah, so you know, bring him back. It only takes one or two victories to get to the top of the ranking at this point. So you know, build him back up if you want to have another title shot. And if you don't, then yeah, I'm sorry, he's not going to be on my top ten. It's not going to happen. I respect the Sammy Callahan's ranking because, like it or not, he's 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 there a lot and he's doing stuff. I don't like him and I don't respect his victory over MVP, but the company does. So I wanted to be fair. He, he deserved the top five spot. I like seeing Mike and Trey in there. You almost forget they they are there. Um, Austin Aries a little bit. You know, I don't know if you went a little doc writing his books about the Rock and Triple H and putting him at the top or not. We got well, one win from Aries, right? So why why is he number two? Uh, I put him at number two because of the person that he beat. He beat ACH, and okay. clearly ACH is important to this company. You know, they've given him more promos than most. They put him on more episodes than most. Uh, and, uh, you know, it just uh, it seemed like it was a spot that he deserved. So, I don't know. Okay. You could see him maybe a little lower, but I don't see how you put him out of the top five, you know, because uh, he did have an impressive victory that uh, most people have not been able to get. So, there you go. It's wild to me that MJF's not in the original top ten. I know. He beat Fred Yehi, so unless you think that Fred Yehi is worth nothing, and maybe it's this. This is the really confusing part. There are sort of like maybe MLW events that are not part of Fusion, but they do a terrible job of educating us about those events, about what's happening, about like kind of what's going on in the company if anything, and I've looked it up, and there are very few actual events that are outside of these TV tapings, so I don't see how they're having a big impact. So I don't know. It feels like someone's just kind of looking at who they have booked, and they're saying, well, whatever, this is probably the top ten, so whatever. Yeah, at, at the min- at minimum, you could just have a little studio segment for three minutes and be like, yeah. oh, in Louisville, so-and-so got this victory, and they seem, you know, just inform us in some way. Yeah, yeah. Educate Simon us what's going on. Hype us up to go to these live events if you love them so much. My God. Yeah. You're right about Simon Gotch, too. We get a lot of Simon Gotch, so why is he not in the top ten? Yeah, sure. He's got a win. Most people don't even have a win on Fusion yet because we're only a few episodes in. People are still proving themselves. So, yeah, mm. the list is still being formed. you got to give respect to the people who are out there actually getting victories because wins and losses are supposed to matter. I like this. So, ladies and gentlemen, here at uh, – MLW Fusion, the Legacy Series. Ms. Fan will keep us updated with the actual top ten, not what these crooked 
uh, Jack Tunney, old school suits and ties, tell us the top ten is. Absolutely. I don't trust anybody. Once they did the Pentagon thing, I don't trust the, their board of directors or whatever they are anyway. <laughs> no, no, very shady. Very shady. So now we're going to get back in the ring. we got Cotto Brazil versus Rich Swan. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Rich one, uh, is a guy who, uh, became kind of known in the WWE, uh, was released in short order from a, uh, uh, domestic violence arrest. Um, so that's, uh, that's not great. I don't know what all happened there. You know, it's personal stuff that, you know, we don't necessarily have to get into. I believe he's currently working with Impact, uh, and now he's here as well in MLW. Cota Brazil, we've seen before. Kind of presented as a jobber, but he kind of got some shine in this match, too, which I did appreciate. So that's uh, some good stuff about this. I wanted to really like this, and at times I did and times I didn't. Right. It became a match to me because it went on really long, and the way it went, that I felt like they were building the type upset. Mm-hmm. And I think I would like all that, or if Rich won and won, but we just didn't do some of the stuff. It's just... It's weird. The pacing was strange to me. Yeah, I could see that. Um, parts of this, yeah, I definitely did like. Uh, it was more competitive than I thought it would be. Ultimately, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it did feel kind of off. I, I thought it was okay. Didn't really wow me that much in the end. Yeah. Um, having some, I think, technical difficulties. Oh, I'm sorry. You having trouble hearing me? Between us. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, yeah, not a bad match, but for me, it was just, it was, it could have been paced differently, or I would not have even been mad at Cotto Brazil getting the win. Sure. Because you got him coming in. Uh, Rich Juan was a little arrogant, a little show off you know, and it, I think he could have got something out of it, but yeah, not bad. I, I like Cotto Brazil, and I like, like seeing where this is going. I think Rich Swan, um, I don't know him. He's a TNA guy, but. Right. It's interesting to me that he was almost in the video like a baby face, but when he gets in the ring, he's a little bit of something different. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't seem like maybe a unified presentation going on there, but uh, I guess we'll see as the weeks go on because I, I think he's going to be around. Yeah. So then we go to the main event. It's Sammy Callahan versus the bad boy, Joey Janela. Indeed. You know, Sammy Callahan knocking down Cota Brazil, who is still <sighs> leaving the arena. During his entrance, so take that for what it's worth. Here's one thing that bothered me before the match started. We are told on commentary that this this uh, this lady who runs around with Joey Janela, Aria Blake, um, was converted by Janela from like an innocent interviewer to this kind of like rebellious, skeezy bad girl. Okay. And I'm like, show me that. Don't tell me yeah. that. That sounds like a great character moment. Yeah. Apparently it happened in a place that no one can ever see it. So what's the point of that? And, and it's, uh, this is like somebody like me trying to come in and watch this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's it, all That's all that I get a lot of times is, like I said, Sammy Callahan is unsafe because he told me he was. Joey Janela is the bad boy because that's his nickname. You know, demonstrate it. Like, I... You know what MJF is doing at ringside with with uh, his lady friend and the champagne? He's demonstrating his character. Yeah, he's showing. Yes. And then maybe showing is a little bit with Callahan at the beginning, but I also got pissed off at such a long match 
to kind of build Cotto Brazil, and then like having like he ain't got to come out and beat Sammy Callahan doesn't have to come out and beat the shit out of Cotto Brazil. There's no point in that. Yeah, I, unless it's an idea for Cotto Brazil to like come back and get revenge. It doesn't really feel like that though. It feels like Cotto Brazil didn't really matter after everything. So yeah, isn't this what he did? Was it he? Was he the one that did this to MVP or? Like someone sneaked up and put like a, a some submission hole. It was Callahan who yeah choked someone with a yeah. bat, and I think it was MVP. Yeah, yeah. So like, too, so. if it's his thing, but you know what? If if you're gonna do it, don't give it to a guy who next week is gonna have to still be telling me what he's supposed to be. <laughs> like if right. Steve Austin, I'll take it. You know, Steve Austin's gonna stun a lot of guys. You just gotta learn to live with it. But fucking Sammy Callahan, my favorite rich rich line ever so far in the series is that. Joe Janela uh, smells like a touring musician. <laughs> oh, Rich had a lot of uh, cute lines in this match. He said that. He said, oh, what do you think is in Sammy Callahan's Kool-Aid? And he also was like, oh, I hope this ends up better than this show on Netflix. And he was talking about that show. And Tony is just like no-selling all of this <laughs> or like questioning him why he's saying like this weird stuff. And uh, yeah, there, there was a lot going on on commentary here. So good. Tony no-sells a lot of riches. So. <laughs> he does. He does. I won't get into this because I, I didn't know I was going to rant about those tag matches. But apparently I watched this days before. I said, new rule. The first exchange can't be someone going out on the floor and the other guy jumping out on top of them. Uh, AEW may be hard for you, my friend. Yeah, it will. It will be. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I thought there was some all right stuff in this, but there's some weird stuff as well. Like at one point, there's like a three count and the music even plays, but like Sammy's leg is obviously in the ropes. The match is not really over. Yeah. It's sort of weird. I really hate that. I feel like it rarely works. The way it's supposed to, it's just confusing. I didn't know what it was supposed to tell me. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it came off to me as okay, so we're very incompetent. We don't have any right. like professionals working tonight. <laughs> right, it wasn't like an understandable mistake. It's like, wait, what? Why did that happen? <laughs> so, um, I don't. Well, yeah. Yeah. Best thing about the match, I think we'll probably both agree, is uh, right at the end, Sammy Callahan throws. Joey Janela into MJF's little executive area. Mm. Uh, MJF ends up attacking Joey Janela because how dare he spill champagne on yeah. his suit? Uh, that was the best. More, more MJF, please. He is what I want to see. Yeah, you get a look beyond the uh, um, flaunting the privilege, flaunting the wealth. There's a very aggressive, mean, and dangerous person underneath all of that. So, you know, be very careful. I like his character, but if you think that's all he is, you know, that's not to your um, advantage. All the best privileged characters, uh, you know, are hiding a really vicious yeah. attitude under a veneer of civility. You know, like, oh, yeah. I'm better than you, but actually I'm meaner underneath than anybody yeah. else. So, uh, He goes off stuff. twice. Like, he, he leaves and comes back later. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sally Canahan... Uh, does hand Joey Janela another loss based on this? Uh, so Janela still no victories on uh, on MLW Fusion. Uh, I thought honestly the match was better than I feared because I thought it would just be horrible, but it had some MJF in it, so uh, it actually worked out pretty well. At least as far as that went. Still not really anything I tell people to go and watch, but uh, but it was all right. Uh, I really liked after the match. Joey uh, MJF still beating up Joey Janela. 
Tony asking, where are the officials? Well, MOW, I guess they can't afford them or something because, yep, mm. nobody comes to help. Uh, MJF pours a glass of champagne out on Joey Janela and steps on his ear. And uh, I love MJF, so that that's my <laughs> final thought. Yeah, that's so good. Joey Janela, I don't mind these losses because I had to come to terms one time with my being a good student was not actually something to necessarily be proud of because – a lot of times I was a really good student because I had so much anxiety and I just had to be perfect and I didn't have a life and I just, you know, right. was about my business. And then once in a while you would meet somebody and you would just go on this whirlwind, like, living experience. And you come back to class expecting to just be a good student because that's what you are, but you haven't been doing the things. And it's kind of the price that you pay. Like, Joey Janela is off corrupting human beings and then, like, sneaking into locker rooms. <laughs> so, you know, that that's that's fine. And I like it because not, not everybody's doing that. But a lot of times... If your opponent is like hardcore thinking about their career and you're halfway playing around, you know, you, you might find out that things are not always going to go how you want them to go in the ring, even though they might be going how you want to go outside the ring. So, Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually a very good read on Janela's character. And I don't know if you're being tongue in cheek a little bit. Maybe you are. No. But uh, he's very seat of his pants, you know, kind of with all he does. He's, he's sort of a guy who's out there and uh, you don't really know if he cares about his life or not. Yeah. He's just out there to kind of like live uh, in the moment. And, you know, he's the kind of guy who maybe like, you know, not for real, but like in the, the terms of the character, he might not even expect to live a long life. You know, yeah. he's just out here and yeah, he's and not preparing for his matches. He's like, he just knows when the time comes, you know, maybe he'll be able to take some crazy chance and get the victory, but, you know, that's no guarantee. And he doesn't take any guarantees in wrestling or in life. So, I don't know, there's something about Joey Janela that does still appeal to me. He, he's very, like, slovenly, and he's very, like, in the moment. And, I don't know, there's good and bad about it, but something about him does resonate with me. In a population of wrestlers, somebody would be that guy. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that MJF is the kind of guy who might go home and watch fucking tape for six hours. Sure. He'll never let you know it. On his big screen TV, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, things are things are not always as they seem. And good, you know, go go around like go around fucking around in people's locker rooms, you know. That, that's okay, but man, and I think Joey Janela though, I don't know that I like him yet because I don't I don't necessarily like anything about what he does. But <laughs> but like, the potential of the character I can like because right. I feel like you have to at least put Janela above, certainly like a Sammy Callahan. Yes, absolutely. Because, yeah, there is there is something there to grab onto. I don't think you'll ever really like Joey Janela the wrestler that much, but I think there's a character aspect that you that may resonate with you like it does with me. So yeah. he's at least got that going for him. There's a strong, that's what you need in traits. Like either I like that because that's a character trait I have, or I hate that because that's a character trait I have, or I fucking admire that because that's a character trait I just can never have. And, like, his is so clearly, like, I've had these students. Like, as a teacher, sometimes I admire these students more than the, like, tryhards. <laughs> you know, the ones who are just out there, they're, they're, they're in the moment and they're living their lives. And if it connects, you give me something and it connects, I might get into it. But otherwise, I got more important things. I'm not really going to play around for you. You know, they might suffer for that. And that's part of what you admire. But, you know, there's also a little bit of you that's like, you know, hey. Life is short, you know, enjoy yourself. Right, yeah. It's so funny that Sammy Callahan is out here every week trying to beg us to believe that he doesn't care, where Joey Janela, 
you know what he cares about, what he doesn't care about, like, the first time you see him, almost, because, you know, he might get, like, this flash of inspiration, he's out there, like, making those videos that we watched, and, like, putting big effort into something, and then, you know, oops, maybe he didn't remember to care about, like, showering, or, like, preparing for his match, and, you know, taking care of himself, even, so he just goes out there, he's like, well, you know, whatever, on the night, I'll just, like, dive onto a pile of chairs, and, you know, if it works, great, if not, you know, I'm probably going to die anyway soon, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so there's just, there's something about yeah. it that works, and it's nothing that he's saying, because I don't know if he even cut a promo on this show yet, yet we know who he is so much better than these people who come out and are like, this is who I am. I'm Shane Strickland. I like being a champion. I'm Sammy Callahan. I don't care about anything, blah, 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 you know? So it's just a different feeling. I don't know. I like Janela. I'll stick by that. One of my best friends for a temporary time was, in my undergrad, I sat beside, in my creative writing, first creative writing class, I sat beside this kind of hippie girl who was mm. all about indie music and getting, and smoking pot, and, you know, her writing was really good, but she she's the kind of person that, like you just said, she might show up one day and be like, oh, like, what week are we in and what work are we doing? Right. You know, and I think the same thing I admired about her, I admire about Joey Janela, is that... I don't think I can be that person because I can both not care at all what anybody thinks, but still in like a social setting, be so nice and try to please them and make sure they're feeling okay. Right. So just to disregard shit. That's why I like his losing streak right now too, though, because yeah. he's going he's gonna to win eventually, but there, you know, let there be consequences, you know, let there be, you know, that's a, that's a, it's a rounded character. So I like it. Absolutely. Yeah. I like it a lot. So Cool. That that wraps up another episode of MLW. And just like a lot of weeks, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't necessarily like that much. I'm still looking forward to the next one. So I don't know. Yeah. There's some kind of appeal with this kind of show that is going above and beyond. Like, it's kind of more than the sum of its parts almost. So It's old school, man. It's always yeah. building something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a big part of the appeal, for sure. You do feel like things are, like, moving. Things are going to matter. You know, even if their top ten is full of crap. So... <laughs> Yeah, if somebody's coming for Shane Strickland, I have no idea who it's going to be, but you know, I'm excited. Like that, if he does one thing for me, I want to see like pet boxes show up and Abdullah the Butcher jump out and beat the shit out of him. Ah, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, no, I'm very invested in Tom Lawler and MJF and Barrington Hughes eventually coming back because they keep mentioning him, so he's got to come back at some point. Uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. I'm really, I'm looking forward to it. Almost in spite of, like, the Jake Hagers and all of the yeah. other stuff that has Sammy Callahan I don't care about. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Is there anything else that we need to talk about? I think uh, we actually didn't go the full three hours this time, amazingly. So. Yeah, I think that's good. You know, we got um, – we're, we're, we're soon approaching episode 10. Maybe we'll, we'll pause there after we talk about it and say a few words at the end about what we think so far with the first 10 episodes. But, you know, we're moving along. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. For sure. Next week on MLW Fusion, you want to hear the card? Absolutely. All right. We got uh, Fred Yehi versus Tom Lawler, which I am definitely looking forward to. We have someone called Leon Scott, who I guess is associated with Sammy Callahan in some way, taking on MVP. So that probably won't be uh-huh. good. Awesome. And we have in the main event, ACH taking on Phoenix. So... I, I don't know. That could be interesting. It'll be high-flying, certainly. Maybe in an obnoxious way, maybe in an exciting way, probably a mix of the two. So we will see that when we get to it. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. 
I need some good storylines between those matches. We'll see. Though. Hey, here's another thing. Break up Selena and Pentagon already, yeah. honestly, because like it should have happened after he spit blood poison in her eyes <laughs> last week. So come on, give me give me a little movement on that storyline. I, I need to see it. Well, it, it it didn't bother her eyes as much as it did the super sensitive <laughs> yeah, uh, champion. So well, we know now that Shane Strickland, you know, he's a big complainer. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> it probably wasn't that bad for him either. So go and. Oh, man. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we love that you guys listen. If you ever want to shout us out, I am on Twitter. I am at Spectral Gent. Already got a bit of good engagement. Do want to shout out the Doc, who usually sends me some kind of comments. Is really enjoying the show. We really enjoy that you're listening. He made an interesting point. Maybe we can talk about this briefly. Uh, a week or two ago, we were talking about how Kenny Omega is really just a great wrestler And when it comes to, like, explicit character stuff, he doesn't give out a lot. And he said, I can definitely see that. I'm not quoting, I'm paraphrasing. But basically he said, I can definitely see that. But in the presentation of New Japan, where the wrestling and the winning and the losing is what matters, it was what has the big onus on it, it has never bothered me. And I can definitely get that take. So maybe it's really just about the presentation with a guy like Omega. I don't know. Maybe we will uh, get turned on to that as we continue to watch, but I think it is an interesting comment. I like that because I like context and I like people that can understand context. Those are fun conversations versus people that don't. So yes, doc, I agree. I will say though, a fair disagreement is this is the hottest free agent in the world. And he's supposed to be like the, the carrying the fucking banner for AEW. So I am going to ask if he is going to fulfill that role, that he fulfill all aspects of a good character. Mm. I think that's very fair. Uh, you and I have our beefs with Kenny Omega, but we will see as he continues to evolve, as we continue to evolve as fans. Yes. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I will say I'd rather watch Kenny Omega than the Young Bucks. So he's got that Absolutely. <laughs> I know very little about him, so I want to make clear I'm not judging anybody that I know so little about. Right. But – the, the the more he's not in the build up, which he's not at all, they better do something on that show to tell you know because Chris Jericho's already out there earning that tag. You know, I mean, I heard Chris Jericho's the Hulk Hogan. I was like, fuck this promotion, man. This is bullshit. This is a joke. <laughs> and Chris Jericho's out there carrying the load. Yeah. So if Kenny Omega wrestles a matchup that tells me like, oh my god, for you, you never have to speak again, man. Just do that. Just show up and do that. Then I'll say that. But otherwise, this is not New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, maybe it's going to be partly like that. They talk about wins and losses, losses matter, but also I think that we're seeing a lot of character development from other people. So I'm not going to put him in a box that he has to perform his character like this or that, but I'm not going to not say that if you're the hottest free agent in the world and you are the banner carrying, uh, guy in the company, you got to have a fucking, you got to do something character wise. And yes, I already put him about a thousand steps above the young bucks who, who fell. Their <laughs> yeah. stock is fucking low right now. With yeah, me, so. yeah, I get you. Um, I will also say that um, I won't. I won't completely put my money where my mouth is on this because it could. I could be wrong, but I do think if you could make a promotion like this just based on great wrestling, it would have happened by now because we've had great wrestling for a long it, but... time in America. You know, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's just my last thought on that. All right. Cool. Let's put that all to next week. We'll talk about it more. Uh, 
Like I said, thanks for listening. Uh, we're on Twitter. Also, check out the other great programs on LOP Radio. We do have the Doc Says, so shouting out that, man. We've also got The Global Revolution, hosted by myself, my good buddy Jeff, and uh, Kingdom of Honor, hosted by Zan Man and his good buddy, whose name I forget. It may also be Jeff, actually. I don't remember. But uh, shout out to them. Do check out that, because they're covering uh, a lot of the same stuff that we are, stuff outside the bubble. Also, uh, Perfect Ten Wrestling. Um, right side of the pond. Sports entertainment is dead. Uh, lots of good stuff going on on that channel. Hope you will check it out. Also, lordsofpain.net, lopforums.com for other great written material. As I mentioned in the forums, you can find that very interesting, uh, although mildly triggering to me, AEW column about the ways that they might fail. Yeah. Uh, but a very smart, a very interesting column in spite of uh, reaching a conclusion that I uh, didn't necessarily agree with. Very interesting column, though. A lot of other good ones. We just had a uh, plan down there, crowned king of the columnists yes. in a well-deserved victory. So uh, a lot of good stuff going on there. Hope you will join the plan. conversation. Yes. Cool. All, All right. right. That is everything. So, yeah, we'll be back next week with lots more content. Until then, uh, take us away, Mystic. Yes, yes, yes. Until next week, don't let the legacy be dictated to you. Rewatch, revisit, rewrite. Discovered creature Climbing on the mountainside You know that no one else believed me How about that? With green eyes and white stripes and salted tears I knew that these were just its cautionary features Keep telling myself nothing to fear it's just an undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's scared It's just an undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's scared The undiscovered creature The undiscovered creature I never saw this one in books or heard a myth of it Looks like it came from underwater I thought I'd seen every life form But there it is An undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's scared It's just an undiscovered creature Coming up to meet ya He's the one that's scared The undiscovered creature Yeah.